Hi, and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we'll be doing our first character study on Rey Skywalker, and we are joined by a guest who will introduce themselves in a minute. But first, I'm Liv. I use she, her pronouns. Um, You can find me everywhere on social media at Olivia Madala. And my brainworm of the week is General Hux, but specifically General Hux in the Rise of the, or not Rise, Age of the Resistance comic as a child being forced to like lick liquid off the ground. That's it. In canon. What kind of liquid? What kind of liquid? (laughs) It's unspecified, but (laughs) it's a liquid to be like drank. I'm I'm not gonna elaborate further. I just want it to be chaotic. I remember reading that comic and being very grossed out. (laughs) I I literally read it earlier today and I cannot stop thinking about it. It has not left my mind once. You know, maybe he's forgiven for everything else he did because that is like horrid so yeah no, actually no, um, literally I'm read, that comic. read that comic it explains a lot because <laughs> i know his dad is like unhinged not like palpatine not palpatine tarkin hunting humans unhinged but tarkin hunt- <laughs> what <laughs> doesn't tarkin hunt humans yeah <laughs> issue of vader 2017 of him literally just hunting down vader because apparently on ariadu there's also another reason (laughs) in his age of rebellion comic when he like rips his shirt off in his fantasy and he has like the scarred chest apparently a tradition of like his family is that you go and you hunt people for sport and like the scars on his chest are what are what he got from fighting people for sport. <laughs> and Vader 2017 what? is basically it's Tarkin and Vader in a pissing contest for the Emperor, right? But Vader is like, okay, Tarkin, if you can catch me in your little silly little people hunting game, then you're the superior technician or something or tactician. Sorry, uh, I. I think I'm not going to spoil it, but I think Redacted wins. But <laughs> that is the story of Tarkin hunting people for sport. <laughs> Thank you so Apparently, much. Apparently, uh, Tarkin's kill number is 2 billion. Um, 2 billion plus. <laughs> yeah, because they count all they're on. Uh, and then that's just like another of other people. Wow. Okay. Um, okay, well, that really got off the rails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hey, do you want to introduce yourself next? Okay, so hi, everyone. I'm Hayden. I use she, her pronouns. <laughs> you can find me on TikTok at Taika.Waititi and on Instagram and Twitter at MCUYTITI. And my brainworm of the week is... <laughs> Being a bounty hunter at Galaxy's Edge. (laughs) So the background story for that is yesterday, Liv sent me a thread on Twitter. So a big Venn diagram between all of our mutuals 
are being Disney adults, but not in a derogatory <laughs> way, in a good way. I affectionate, promise. Affectionate way. What'd you say? I said in an affectionate way. In an affectionate way, exactly. Um, but yeah, what Liv sent me was uh, cast members, which are people that work at Disney, a preview for them getting to preview the Magic Band Plus, which is a new... Um, it's a new kind of like ticket magic band thing that's coming to Disney World on July 27th, as it was announced today. And I sent it to Liv and I went a little crazy. Uh, <laughs> but <both> basically, <laughs> basically what you can do is you go up to this like kiosk, you get a bounty and then you use your Magic Band Plus as well as the Disney Parks app uh, specifically for Walt Disney World to like find your target quote unquote and find their heat signature. So once you find it, you turn in your bounty and then you get credits, which I'm not sure if those count towards anything or if like you can get a sticker or whatever, but they mentioned the Bounty Hunters Guild, which if you know me and Liv, we are Bounty Hunters aficionados. Yes! So that has been, since I learned about it yesterday, that has been my brain worm and I was not able to focus all day at work because I thought <laughs> about being a Bounty Hunter. IRL. <laughs> I'm so excited. Twiddling <laughs> my fingers maliciously. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, Emily, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Emily. Pronouns are she, her. Uh, you can find me on social media uh, on TikTok at StardustM and on Instagram and Twitter at underscore StardustM. Um, my brain winner of the week is spending an undisclosed amount on Valence Legos. <laughs> oh God, do it! I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to. Well, it's a birthday gift, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I can have pocket-sized valets. <laughs> very pocket size and we've already discussed um i'm gonna also bring my lego hansel <laughs> i'm gonna make a kiss and on the mouth yes! <laughs> oh my god real adults <laughs> valance and han kiss in front of the falcon cannon that's what <laughs> this is all i could have hoped for <laughs> <laughs> Oh this will only make this will only make the people that think Valance and Han kissed on the mouth in the comics. It'll 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 egg them on more. Which honestly, good for me. If so you cool. had Akira or Lego Funko, I or not Funko Lego, I think that you should do that recreate the meme where the guy's like holding the girl's Wait, hand I and do. looking back. I do. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. So I, you need okay. to bring them yeah, out. Please bring and recreate that. You have to do like a whole photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> We're like pushing little kids out of the way. Get the fuck out of the way. I need to take pictures of my Legos oh for my Twitter. <laughs> you oh don't understand. <laughs> it'll be so good and and he'll join the Lisa of zuckus as a disney so true. visitor so true zuckus will probably be coming as well 
a whole crew. I'm just bringing, I am like a very large child and putting all of my toys in my little backpack and bringing them. The Enfys uh, Ushie can come. <laughs> oh my God. I have the a whole gang going to Disney. <laughs> uh so finally we have very excitingly our very first guest on the podcast Ari do you want to introduce yourself I sure do um hello everybody I'm Ari uh pronouns she her you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at millennium pod underscore I guess you can find me on TikTok at ari.in.space but I don't really use it anymore. Um, my brainworm, I'm so excited about this part. I've been thinking about it. Um, my brainworm. Okay, I have two small ones because I got so excited. So is that okay if I share two brainworms? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, You're the guest, so, so it's true. Oh, thank you. I'm honored. So my first one is um, Sabe in Darth Vader 20, number 22 of 2020 when... Um, she asks Darth Vader why she should be afraid of him because he's just Anakin Skywalker. And you guys, I can't, I just love when, when powerful women put men who think they're powerful in their place. Like just so true, true. so true of her. Um, my second brain worm is Kylo Ren hates load and great storm. And I feel that we might get into that later <laughs> when we probably talk about Star Wars 25. So um, true. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I have. I think those are some excellent brain worms. Mm-hmm. Thank you. They've You're consumed welcome. me. <laughs> <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> oh my god. So despite the many uh different topics we've already covered (laughs) we're talking about none of those things this week (laughs) and this week we're gonna be talking about the one and only ray skywalker so um we'll talk about why we like her and then go through kind of each of the movies individually and then kind of go into her other media and and with where we might see her next and where we'd like to see her next so We'll start with the guest, Ari. Um, Ari, can you let us know why you like Ray? I can let you know why I love Ray. In fact, um, <laughs> I think she is tied with Qui-Gon for my favorite character, um, which like says a lot if you know much of Qui-Gon. Stupid <laughs> Qui-Gon. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, but so I think a large part of why I started like I started out liking her is just because I was subconsciously so excited to see a really cool female lead in a like major franchise and so I think that just kind of like drew me in um but she's obviously so much more than just like a strong female lead in a major franchise um I really love her journey about you know, like she, she has this idea of how her life's going to look and how it's going to go. And then it ends up being something totally different. And that's hard for her along the way. Um, but she ends up like embracing it throughout. And of course she has struggles and everything, but that's something that's like really important to me. Um, and I think it should be important to like a lot of people. Cause I mean, I think for most people, your life doesn't turn out how you expect it to. Um, especially I do think with like 
I hate to like be a person who brings up COVID, but with like the pandemic and everything, I feel like that's kind of changed a lot of people um, and like trajectories and stuff. And like for a lot of people, maybe for the better or maybe just in different ways that aren't necessarily bad. Um, But I do feel like, yeah, seeing her be able to just kind of be like, okay, this is where I am now. And it's not what I expected, but that's okay. I'm going to make the most of it and I'm going to be the best I could be. It's just super impactful. Um, She's also just like so wholesome. Like every time I see her smile, I'm like, cries, cries. Um, And she's just like, so that's the part, like, that's the way I like relate to her. And then the part that I like want to be like her is that despite everything and all the challenges she faces, she's so compassionate and kind to everybody she meets, no matter what. And like, again, I think we can all be more like Ray in that respect. I know I can, so yeah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, Liv, do you want to go? Uh, sure. So I am, I am a more new Ray fan, I would say. Like, I, I went through a period where I didn't like the sequels, but I, I like them. I, I like them, I promise. <laughs> but like, it's only more, it's only more recently that I've really appreciated Ray for just everything that she does. Like Ari said, she, she's so compassionate and kind, but she's very relatable in the sense that like, she doesn't like change. And she's kind of like the Star Wars poster child for gifted kid burnout. <laughs> so I appreciate that about her. Um, and just, she's like sun, sunshine personified. And I love her. <laughs> Literally ray of sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. Aiden? Um, I will be completely honest. I was Ray is not one of my favorite characters. However, I do love her and appreciate her, uh, especially after our discussion with Shadow of the Sith. Uh, I've always been a big sequels person. Um, Force Awakens is top three favorite Star yes. Wars movies. Oh, such a good movie. I was watching it today for our rewatch, and it is genuinely just such a good movie. But we'll get into that when we get into Force Awakens. Um, but one of the things I love about Ray, and especially after reading Shadow of the Sith and kind of discussing it with other people, because I really haven't had an environment to like discuss it with people because people are just so anti-sequels and like they just kind of shy away from it. But one of the one of the things that I really appreciate about her is her ability to is I think her ability to kind of adapt to whatever situation she's in, uh, even though we've already discussed she doesn't like change, she still comes at it with a clear mind and gives it the best she's got. And I love about Ray. I love that she constructs, that she kind of groups together her own family out of being so lost and left behind like we saw in Shadow of the Sith. I really... I love her found family that she gets at the end of the sequel trilogy. And I watching Force Awakens today, it just it it opened my eyeballs to a lot of stuff. And it's she's such a nice character and she's such a nice breath of fresh air in the Star Wars universe as a whole. Um I will say that before 
uh, before celebration, I was doing a rewatch of all the movies, like chronologically. So it was like prequels, anthologies, then uh, originals. And then I lost track of time, so I didn't get to the sequels. But I think this is going to be like finishing off my sequel rewatch. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a nice departure from the kind of like macho chosen one boy, quote unquote, kind of archetype that Star Wars has constructed for itself where she does have some similarities to the protagonist that came before her, but she's different in that she goes at it differently and she attacks her problems. Uh, she attacks her problems very differently and we can get into that later, but yeah, that that's just why I, I like her and I appreciate her as a character. So, yeah. Emily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like Ari... She's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Star Wars character. Um, I think like Ari was saying, I think she came into my life at a really good time because I saw like The First Awakens when I was 16 years old, like when it came out. And like, I think people forget that like, you know, we have gone such a far away with like representation, but like, you know, seeing a woman in that position, um, such a strong woman in a franchise like that mattered to me when I was 16 it meant a lot to me um and it still means a lot to me uh like you guys said I like how she's compassionate even though she has every reason to be selfish and every reason to not care about other people and just take care of herself I love that she never gives up even when she is scared and that she believes so deeply in people like Luke Skywalker, in Finn, in Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren. Um, and I love her journey of finding family and a place in the story and just like her purpose again. Um, you know, she spent so many years kind of lost and just assuming she was going to live one life. And then she's kind of tossed in to this chaos, but she finds her place in it. And not only does she find her place, but she excels. And I just, I, I love her. Um, every time she smiles, I just immediately feel happier. She is my everything. <laughs> um, so true. So we'll first go into uh, The Force Awakens and talking about some of her kind of major character beats slash just kind of her general arc in this film. Um, Ari, do you want to start out? Sure. Um, first of all, can I just say her like intro scene is just I like has to be. Yeah. You guys agree. Like, you, you yeah. get it. It's like, it's it one of the be best one scenes of... in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Yes. So true. Like, period. Um, it's just, it's like, it's, I love it because it's so like grand, right? It like, starts out and it's just like, wow. And then you see this like small person in the massive desert of Jakku and she's just like thriving, honestly, like as much as you can on Jakku. I mean, she's probably not thriving, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, she's just surviving her life. <laughs> <laughs> she's living her life to the best of her ability and her theme goes so hard john williams oh, mm -hmm. did oh. that Ray's for us. theme in the scavenger um, oh, yes. so good um no but so i think like 
that obviously just sets her up to be in, an incredible character. Um, but I do think that the first kind of part where we start to really see who she is as a character um, and like what drives her, that being her compassion, like starts right away in the movie when she meets BB-8 and she rescues him. And she's like, now get out of here. And he's like, no, we're best friends now. And she's like, <laughs> oh, fine. Um, but then we do see like, <laughs> We do that and then and then it just keeps going right because then she she sees finn or she meets finn finds out that bb8 like needs to get somewhere and is like okay well i'm gonna help out and uh the one thing i i love about her character in this movie is that even though she wants to go back to jacku so bad she she doesn't take the opportunity to go back until um like she's fulfilled her mission that she's kind of like taken on you know like she could have easily like let BB-8 just go with Finn or like been like, oh, you take him. Or she could have like left when they found Han and been like, oh, you're an res- old um, rebel hero, whatever, you take it. Like, you know, there's there was times that she could have, she could have just abandoned ship, so to speak, but she, she didn't. She was like, knew she wanted to go back to Jakku, but knew she had to do something first, which I just think is really incredible. And then of course, um, I think like the big like turning point of her arc, I guess, in this movie is when she's fighting Kylo on stupid star killer base um and <laughs> finally it's like this is real to me like i think that's the point when he says something about the force and you just like see her be like the force love that i was moment. gonna bring that up that <laughs> moment where they're like locked in combat after kylo yeah. did that move and is literally holding the lightsaber to her face and you see her kind yeah. of just like close her eyes take a breath in and out and yeah. kind of really come into her own and be like this is my fight i'm gonna fight it yeah yeah Yes. Yeah. Such a, such a good moment. So um, I think that is like the point where she's like, kind of not that she doesn't care about getting back to Jakku, but like that is the point in the movie where it kind of sets her up to be this resistance hero for the next um, two movies. So those are like my main points of The Force Awakens. As you guys have said, it's, it's such a good movie. Um, I unfortunately like some of the more quote-unquote trash movies of the franchise so it (laughs) doesn't make my top five because the phantom menace and the rise of skywalker do but it's okay um it might be number five it actually might be number five um but it's so good i wholeheartedly agree 12 out of 10 movie um but i'm gonna stop talking about it now so you guys can (laughs) this is ari's revenge for And the rise of Skywalker slander. Okay, you know what? I'm wounded, but it's okay. We said that we would have to reevaluate. You know what? You guys did. I I listened to last week's episode, and I am proud. It's my number six. Oh, so true of you, Emily. So So it's my it's my midway point because it has issues, but I enjoyed a lot more than some of the other movies. (laughs) As Ari might know. I I rewatched Rise of Skywalker for the first time today since um, 2019 and I did change my thoughts but I will get to that later so (laughs) (laughs) in Force Awakens I just love her she's so she's like a little sand rat at the beginning and she's so cute feral ray (laughs) she's feral and she's dirty like I just I love her she's so like (laughs) I love when she meets BB-8 in the desert and she's kind of like angry about it (laughs) she's like 
yeah, whatever, fine. You can come with me. I love how I love how stubborn she is in this movie. She's just like, like me for real. So true. Like I keep saying that about Ray. I keep watch rewatching the sequels and be like, wow, she's just like me for real. Um, <laughs> but like when <laughs> she's okay. Gotta compose myself. <laughs> I love I love when she meets up with Finn because you can really tell that she hasn't had anyone else for pretty mm-hmm. much her entire life. So like, she's really confused why he keeps asking if she's okay and like yeah. taking her hand and like, oh, it hurts my heart. But like, she obviously appreciates it. She just doesn't know how to show it really. <laughs> but I just, I love that about her in this movie. She's kind of an unsure of what's going on she just wants to go back home to where she knows it's safe well not safe but like she she has her little routine she know what's she knows what's going to happen but she's mm-hmm. thrust into this crazy space world and it all works out for the best yeah yeah i love um, her <laughs> the moment that really stuck with me when I was rewatching Force Awakens today and I think you were kind of referring to it when you were talking about how Finn like asks her if she's okay is when they get stuck in that TIE fighter turbo laser like blast and they're like blasted out of the like blasted and then they land on the ground and then Finn gets knocked out she like scrambles over and she wakes him up and then he immediately goes are you okay and she kind of like stops and goes yeah I'm okay and then she like picks him up and then they keep running yeah. yeah that moment but or when they're, away- oh, oh, go ahead. they're both on the ship and he uh i've never flown before and they're both have you ever done no. that before no i've never done that before have you done that before and, and they're just so, so excited together yeah. and when they like actually like managed to like escape and like hit some of the tie fighters and they're just like yeah like yeah. you guys they're are so, so cute, cute. <laughs> They're just like best friends. <laughs> They're besties, and I love it for them. Besties from the very start, and I so love it. So true. But yeah, generally, Force Awakens have already said top three Star Wars movie. I think it's. Ugh, I don't want to give solid rankings to my top three now, but it's it's always been one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I still remember seeing it in theaters, uh, with my dad, and I didn't. I I appreciate it because again I grew up with Star Wars. I'm a literally named after Hayden Christensen, like the whole shebang. But after I think after the Last Jedi came out, I went back and rewatched it, and it's always just been one of my favorites. Plot wise, character wise, it's 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 always had a special place in my heart. But I I've never really thought about it as bad as this. <laughs> this kind of sounds in terms of Ray's character and really going back and examining that after what we know from Shadow of the Sith after what I've read in her Age of Resistance comic which oh my god I read it at work today tried so hard not to cry (laughs) failed pain (laughs) it's it's she's just (laughs) and not to talk about a man but Han Solo soft <laughs> <laughs> The not legend to make this episode canonized. 
no, no, no. I, he's like, not to make this this episode about a woman about a man. <laughs> However. But- I think she's really similar to Han in that she's living this really lonely life and she's sheltered, but she still has that air of compassion under her. And we've talked about it a little bit, but she, again, she's compassionate and it really shows with, um, I also talked about this last week in our Shadow of the Sith episode, but the first moment where she really sees BB-8 and she helps him out and she eventually lets him come back to her ATAT house, which by the way, that ATAT house <laughs> is freaking sick. I would live in that house. <laughs> so true. Anyways, <laughs> I think <laughs> I, yeah, I won't go into any more detail other than that, but yeah, ATAT house is sick and she is awesome. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Yeah, I think what I always liked about Ray, and I think um, Hayden talked a little bit about it, um, but I always love how her story is about somebody who doesn't want adventure, um, unlike Luke or Anakin who are really wanting for that, and even Han. Um, Ray is really good to stay where she is, and she's afraid for things to change. She's afraid of what will happen if she let's go if she accepts the fact that her parents are not coming back for her and has to figure out what her life means when she's not just waiting for them um and that's why I love that scene with the lightsaber so much especially when you can like compare it to Luke's where Luke is like so interested in it immediately and and wants to know Whereas Ray is scared and she runs away and she says, I don't want any part of this. Um, and even her not accepting Han's offer to just become a smuggler because she just is so afraid to let go and so afraid to open herself up to the possibility of a better life for herself. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, in the end, when she loses kind of that one person who she could start to see a future with her, not one person because she still has Finn, but like, and then you can see her in that fight just fully accept her place. It is such an incredible moment. I think the moment where her, the lightsaber flies into her hand is yeah. maybe my favorite moment in all of Star Wars. I, I love that so much. And it's just, it's perfect. It's this perfect, you know, not completion of her arc, but for the first movie of her setting herself on this like hero's journey. Her first um, leg of her arc, I would say. Yeah, first leg. And I really like too how even in this film, you know, so much of her struggle is internal. It's that, should I go back to Jakku? Should I stay? Should I accept the force? Should I not? Um, and that really continues throughout the trilogy, but I really love that because I definitely think for other characters, especially like Luke, we see more of a, um, a physical struggle, but I think that the internal, internal one is actually way more interesting um, and really serves her character well throughout the rest of the trilogy. Uh, so now we'll hit on some of Ray's biggest relationships in The Force Awakens. Um, we'll start out with the first little guy she meets, BB-8. 
We've so already talked cute. about him a little. Oh, God. But... So <laughs> the fact that I love that one scene where they're like beating those guys who are trying to steal her up <laughs> or steal him up. <laughs> yeah. And then the way she just immediately attacks Finn because BB-8 was like, that guy's got Poe's jacket and Finn and Ray's like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I think uh, that I was actually thinking about this after I, or while I was rewatching because I was rewatching it on and off today. But I want to know more about how, about Ray and BB-8's relationship because if you really think about it, he's the person that sent her on this path to finding herself, finding her new family and finding her new kind of place in the galaxy. And I think that we all think of, um, when we think of like BB-8, we usually think of Poe, which listen, you know, I'm, I am the biggest Poe stan on this earth. However, he is just as special to Ray as he is to Poe because, again, he set her on this journey and on this path to becoming the person that she is at the end of the sequel trilogy in Rise of Skywalker. And their relationship is adorable. I, I love the way that the the way that she gets set on this journey is just by being kind and compassionate to droids, which we all know is a big theme in Star Wars. Nobody likes droids. There was even a whole joke in Kenobi about it. But again, her compassion is really what set her on this road. And I think we just need to consider that a little more. I don't know. It's just very sweet. But even like how in every movie when she meets him, she fixes his antenna again and he's the first person that greets her after Exegol it's the first person that she sees after that battle is originally the first like little friend she had and I think that's like such a lovely full circle moment and even when she's there on Tatooine with her and it's just the two of them with her with her saber I I'm gonna cry <laughs> there's a lot like I love BB-8 so much there's a lot of reasons he's like literally one of my favorite characters but his relationship with Ray is is one of them it's just so it's wholesome. so special it's so special like he really is like I don't want you to say like Finn but like like of course Finn is like her first friend but also like BB-8 is like her was like her first little person who like kind of mm-hmm. showed any care for her yeah, I do think that BB-8 is also like her number one fan because of the Definitely. scene in The Rise of Skywalker when she's like running the training course and he's just like there hanging out. <laughs> and I like to think that I, mean, I have this headcanon that after she drops the tree on him and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. He's like, it's all good. You're doing so good. Like, I just- You go, Queen. Keep doing it. I you. just feel like BB-8 is like fun uncle i don't know i just oh they're so cute and yeah so true bba is honestly such a good character yeah the scene where um ankar plot offers her all those portions i love exchange for bba (laughs) always always gets me like i know she has known this droid for max what 12 hours and she's like (laughs) yeah no, I'm not giving him up. He's my friend. <laughs> Even if it meant that she didn't have to work for like months because she has yeah. enough food. She, oh. Oh. <laughs> it hurts. 
it hurts and he just trusts her like it like it's a, just this immediate he's like I trust this this one this yeah. is my new friend yeah <laughs> yeah um I guess now we'll move on to Finn and I know that all of us are really big Finn stan so who has who has thoughts (laughs) i love them i think they i love their relationship i personally don't ship them romantically but they are platonic soulmates like they 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 understand each other in a way that that nobody else really does because they were both thrust into this life like finn was thrust into the resistance because he had to save poe because it was the right thing to do ray was forced not forced but again thrust into this life of being a jedi because it was the right thing to do uh saving bb8 was the right thing to do and again they understand each other in a way that really not anyone else really could And it's reflected all throughout the trilogy in how Finn is only caring about Rey in The Last Jedi and, like, he only wants to get back to Rey and he always wants to know how she's doing, if she's safe. Because, again, flashing back to The Force Awakens, he was the first person to really, like, check on her and ask her if she was okay. Um, And it continues on into Rise of Skywalker when he... um, He's trying to figure out how to um how to fight the or but i don't even know what i'm saying anymore all all i'm trying to say is that (laughs) their friendship is so special because they understand each other in a way that nobody else really can yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah when when he comes for her on star killer base and she said you came back for me and he and he's like of course you know that's just like it makes me want to cry because like yeah she thinks you know nobody came back for her she thinks my parents left me they didn't come back for her she didn't expect Han and Finn to come back for her but they did and it's just like that perfect moment I I love I think I think some people try to misconstrue their relationship as really one-sided when if you pay attention that's never been the case Ray has always cared just as much about Finn as Finn has cared about Ray um because just like you know Ray was the first person to show besides like Poe to show Finn compassion in a while that was the same thing for for Ray um and it it bonded them and it's so sweet to see how constantly they're motivated by wanting to protect each other even in this movie when you know ray is knocked out and finn immediately goes for the saber and is gonna fight kylo but then then he gets knocked out and ray is up and is trying to protect finn and it's just it's perfection um I still one of my favorite like funny moments in Star Wars is at the beginning stop grabbing my hand I know how to run (laughs) and then uh yeah boyfriend get a cute boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) this like natural and like their excitement is always such a match like they're always so happy and excited about the same thing like I just 
and the fact that like she says goodbye like Finn is like the she says goodbye to him before she goes to Luke even though he's like in a coma just oh I I can't express how much their like friendship relationship means to me (laughs) yeah so true you know what so true <laughs> retweet all of that um i agree hey i i very strongly ship them platonically <laughs> yeah. um yeah i never like i i do think like the the joke like the you got a boyfriend you got a cute boyfriend joke it's just like funny you know like it's just yeah. it's just funny but i i don't think like i feel like hey you guys ever like I don't know I feel like Finn was like "Ooh, pretty girl and then like very quickly realized they were just like gonna be friends you know and I do feel like that's why like a lot of like the misconstructed like one-sidedness like opinions come from is they like take that one line they're like oh Finn was totally in love with Bray and blah blah blah. I was like no just watch the stupid movie (laughs) um but yes no they're such they're such good friends and the one um part I really like well I don't like this part but like (laughs) that shows how good of friends they are is when um Han dies and Ray is like absolutely destroyed and Finn's just like you can just see like in his face like oh my gosh like this has just really affected her and you can like just the care in which he's like we gotta go is just like I don't know it just it just hits me like in that moment how much he does care for her um in that way and I also find that they just work so well together because they're both kind of just like lost golden retrievers yeah like you know how like sad a golden retriever is when it like is lost (laughs) that's like what they are but then every time like something good happens they're just like so happy and excited um and there's so many moments where like as you guys were saying like they just match energy so well and another thing that comes to mind is like when they when they are on Han's whatever with the Wrath Tars. And they're just like, that whole scene is so funny because they're just like, shit, 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 shit. It's fine, <laughs> shit. And it's just like, you guys, so good. Like, honestly, um, I like The Last Jedi a lot more now than I used to, but I still feel that we were robbed in that movie because there was no Finn and Rey interactions and they're so good. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, the one... The one Ray and Finn scene that stands out to me in this movie is when they're on Jakku, and I think we talked about it before. When Ray starts like just beating up those guys because they try to kidnap (laughs) BB, and Finn is in the background. He's like, "Damn, damn, (laughs) okay." (laughs) Then she immediately turns and runs to us. Like, oh, what is what a start to a beautiful friendship. <laughs> so true. If we met for the first time and it didn't immediately vault over you and shove you to the ground, we're not gonna be friends. So true. So immediately true. try to beat That's what hated that. Stick. Hated that to all of us at celebration. Yeah, it's so true. true. <laughs> we actually all beat each other up when we met for the first time. <laughs> it's true i saw it myself i saw it myself too i beat live up over that mac and cheese and just (laughs) i actually threw it at her (laughs) take that oh man it has the scars 
from her mm-hmm. burn, her mac and cheese burns all over my face. Yeah, <laughs> so true. <laughs> I look like Palpatine now. Yeah, it's a Darth Vader moment. You just can't see it. Mm-hmm. That's why I, this I podcast guess, is only really audio. <laughs> Uh, next we have another favorite little guy the podcast han i talked about this before and i've tweeted about him a lot but han left ray so much start crying literally we we love girl dad han solo girl dad han solo the scene when Ray says, I've never seen this much green in the whole galaxy, and he just looks over at her and he realizes how much of himself he sees in her. It's so and good, you so, guys. And he's so impressed <laughs> with her, like knowing the Falcon so well. And he's a yeah. little scared of her too, but like the, <laughs> I bypass the compressor and she's just smiling. And he's like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> so good. <laughs> And like, oh, I can't help too. I think like what's, I mean, I think a lot of people know that like, you know, I feel like Han, part of his like, you know, attachment to Ray is like because of Ben and how he lost his son and he maybe kind of sees this as a chance to like, like do over, like help another kid. But I too think of how Han must think about what happened to the last girl that he left behind. Um. (laughs) And how how he wouldn't want that to happen to someone else. Stop! Um, and so I think that's like another reason why he's so like attached to her, um, like immediately. And I just oh my god, <laughs> they're they're everything to me. I I love them so much and just like Han, yeah Han just immediately being like you know gonna have you on his crew I uh I I can't promise I'll like you or something he's like I won't be nice to you and the pay is not very good and it's yeah. like that's a lie Han you're gonna be so nice to her <laughs> <laughs> he just yeah it's it's perfect and I also think too he probably sees a lot of like you know Leia and Bloodline talked about how Han really helped both her and Luke after they had lost so much after New Hope and supported them so much and how much he thinks, you know, he sees this girl who was the same age as Han and Leia and how he, you know, helped them. So maybe he can help her. Uh, And it's just Han's trend of like kind of adopting people who are lost and lonely, just like he's been lost and lonely um and just taking them under his wing especially when it's been just like him and Chewie for so many years just like it was before A New Hope um well if you're talking about Han and Kira he sees so much of himself in her because he was so hesitant about going off in the Imperial Navy and going off to in Beckett's crew because he had to get back to Corellia to see Kira <laughs> <laughs> Oh my 
not to mention just like not to mention that he he did all of that for kira and then he still got left behind (laughs) please don't (laughs) but and like the fact that she always carries like he gives her that blaster in the fourth awakens and then she carries carries it it the entire time and like I said, I have a whole theory on raised weapons that I can get into it like as we continue through. But like this, this blaster, this representation, not only this reminder of Han, but like sort of this representation of the life that she could have had with him had, you know, the force not called her, had they just gone off, but being able to just be a smuggler with him and have like him as kind of this mentor father figure and have Chewie with her too. I just... <laughs> I'm in immeasurable pain. <laughs> you get on a lighter solid- note. <laughs> you get four on souls a on a podcast, and you. Okay, <laughs> I have two things. One, I'll start with a light one, and then I'll, I'll gut punch us again. Um, no, I do again. love. I do love. <laughs> Um, they're like first interaction when she's like, you're Han Solo, the pilot who made the Kessel run in 14 parsecs. And she's like, wow. Wow. Finn is like, Finn is like, no, that's Han Solo, like the rebellion pilot. She's like, who cares? Like, who cares about that? Um, I just, epic solo reference, even before so Solo true. came out. So <laughs> um, Six solo reference. Sick solo reference, bro. Thank you so much. Actually, it's a sick New Hope reference, and that is my favorite movie. So thank you, whoever wrote that. No, um, to be depressing once again. <laughs> I have noticed. Okay, and don't take this the wrong way because I obviously don't think that Han is into Ray. Let me just like preface that right away here. But I have noticed that, and I tweeted about this, and you guys already saw it that in Most Wanted, when Kira smiles at Han, he like notices to the point where like it's mentioned, like something about like her smile lit up the whole galaxy. And then in the Princess and the Scoundrel excerpt, Leia smiles at him and he describes it like the same way, which as I said, leads me to believe this is a man who doesn't have people smiling or like being happy near him very often so I do think there is a deeper meaning that I'm extrapolating behind the way he looks at her when she smiles seeing all the green and I'm just like someone needs to smile at him more first of all and second of all but also think about how many times Ben probably reacted that same way when Han took him to new planets how he (laughs) smiled and then he has this new girl who is smiling just like his son once smiled and is so like impressed with traveling like his son once was. <laughs> I'm going to have to leave the podcast. <laughs> well, sixth time I've cried today. <laughs> so I can't handle this. I can't fucking do this. <laughs> Liv, do you have any more thoughts on Han and Ray? <laughs> no, I don't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I cried too much last night for this to happen yeah. today. 
<laughs> Shout out to Julia and her hot balance fanfic. <laughs> Oh, except not a shout out. Don't read it. <laughs> we'll go ahead and link that in the description. Um, uh, speaking of the solo men, we now move on to Kylo Ren, the uh, the other half to the dyad. Thoughts? Oh my God, there's tears on my shirt. <laughs> him and kylo in this movie it's just a lot of get a job stay away from her yeah like, i do not so like true. him in this movie i want to punch him in the face but that's just me <laughs> i one of my favorite moments is when he's like she's like kind of trying to like intimidate or what or him or whatever and she's like Oh, you're hiding behind your mask and so he just like takes it off and he's like um <laughs> what mask i like it what mask bitch <laughs> and i like how you can see like the beginnings of the dyad kind of here like this kind of like natural push and pull that they have um I think Kylo's immediate kind of like interest in her and even after like being like I can train you I can you know he's so interested in her and I think that's a good setup there's less of them in this movie I think that I always like kind of remember like they're they don't interact that much um but their fight is so good and I think this kind of perfect once again perfect setup for their fights then in the in the next couple of movies um but yeah Ari hey any thoughts um I really like the concept of the dyad I personally don't see it as romantic I see as more of like a sibling kind of thing which makes it very weird for my perception for the kiss at the end of (laughs) Skywalker but again, like you said, like the push and pull um, that they have is very natural. And again, is a kind of a concept of, of a dyad. But yeah, I mean, I, re- I don't really have that much to say uh, about Kylo slash Ben in this movie. I think he's more Kylo than mm-hmm. Ben than anything. Yeah. And when the Ben really starts to show through again is Last Jedi, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, yeah I we, the dyad, that that's, it's yeah. cute. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Last Jedi, because I feel like that's the movie. Uh, we'll move on to the Last Jedi. Swag. Uh, now, uh, Ari, thoughts on Ray's mm-hmm. character in this film? This film is interesting for me because I was a Last Jedi hater. Um, I do blame my ex boyfriend for that. So glad he's been Ooh, in my life for like four that's years. That's a mood. That's a mood. Um, <laughs> because to be honest, like I went. And saw it and okay so like I guess like a little backstory a little Ari lore um <laughs> I wasn't really a Star Wars fan until like I didn't watch the movies until like two months before The Force Awakens um didn't even watch the stupid Phantom Menace until like 2020 but anyway <laughs> um I digress um, <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> so wow. I was like 
when the last jedi came out like i i really liked the force awakens i really liked the other movies um whatever i was excited for the last jedi it came out it obviously wasn't like what anybody expected um and i remember like finishing watching it and being like huh and like before i had a chance to really be like like think about what i thought about it my ex-boyfriend was like well that was ass um and then i kind of was just like oh yeah definitely totally um anyway as i said it's been a long time good good riddance i hope he never listens to this podcast um anyway um, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't know in what world he would be listening to this podcast but anyway i digress so that's why this movie is like a little bit interesting for me because i didn't really start to appreciate it until probably like last summer when i finally like um I never like actively hated it, but I just like didn't care about it. And then I kind of started listening to like more people on the internet being like, oh, this is why I love it. And I started to like it more. So all that to say, I don't have like super strong opinions on it because I just like didn't care. But I do think the one thing I will say is that I think Ray's like pull to the dark side in this movie, so to speak, is less about like power in the way that Luke's would have been or obviously Anakin and more that she's just curious like she's spent all this time on Jakku with nobody and nothing and now she has this power and she wants to explore like all of it but not for the sake of like being powerful and we definitely like see that theme recurring later in the rise of Skywalker like, she doesn't want power but I do think when like because like Luke gets mad at her he's like you didn't even hesitate you just went for it and I don't think like she, it was like a malicious, like, Ooh, what can I gain from this? I think it was like a, I'm so oh, curious what's, like, what's happening. And like, cause even like when he's like yelling at her, she looks almost like confused. Like, why are you upset with me? I'm just trying to learn. Um, so now I think that I that's think like a it, very interesting point. Yeah. Now that I think yeah. about it, that's kind of what I I saw it as when I first watched the movie. I watched it in theaters. This was eighth grade, 14 years old. And it was just, I'm thinking of the mirror scene right now where she's just like switching mm. her hand back and forth. She's snapping. Like not of it that I think about it. It's not dark or anything. It's just curiosity and yeah. figuring out this environment that she's, she literally falls into. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I don't, I didn't even realize it was the dark side. I thought it was just like some crazy kyber mirror because in Fallen Order, they also have kind of a kyber mirror where there's like visions of the future and like stuff that could have been. And then there's like a big sheep guy, but that's, that's for a video game episode. But yeah, it's, it, <laughs> that whole scene to me is just really kind of radiating curiosity. And it is curiosity a dark side trait? I don't know, um, mm -hmm. but this could maybe be Luke being overcompensating <laughs> for how he failed with uh, Ben, and yes. that's why yes. he um, yes. he got mad at her and like was mad about exploring or whatever. But yeah, I I no, I really like the the mirror scene, and I think that was the thing that I remembered the most after watching it for the first time that and the ending scene but that whole like hand gesture yeah. thing that was really awesome because the mirror scene really kind of summarizes to me like what ray is all about in this movie which is that her biggest temptation to, to the dark side is her fear of being alone it is her fear yes. 
that she has no one but herself to rely on. Yes. Which is not true. And we know this from the first movie because she has Finn, she has Leia now, she has this whole resistance standing behind her. And she even has specifically through the force, a dyad that like means that she's literally kind of never alone. So I think that scene is just such a wonderful like representation of her fears and what would pull her to the dark side and why she ultimately almost takes Kylo's hand in that scene because with him she knows she won't be alone she knows she'll have someone who she can rely on who she can be with all the time and that's what I love and you know when I talk about like Ray's internal journey I think it's really present in this film like this this back and forth that she has um yeah and just this ultimate fear and loneliness Mm -hmm. that she feels so deep down um that I think you know also scares like we said Luke because that is what Kylo felt and why he fell to the dark side um but yeah I love the the mirror scene is probably my like favorite scene in the movie it's so good perfectly said I also love in this movie um her just desire to see the best in people always like first first being a grumpy old hermit and she's like I'm not giving up this man this man needs to (laughs) he needs to teach me and then obviously with Kylo like that scene in the elevator when she's on board the first order ship that I can't remember what its name is but um she's just like Dude, the supremacy. You're... Sorry, the supremacy. Okay, thank you. The there's, a, there's a song called "The Supremacy." Sorry. Okay, <laughs> it's all good. Um, but like in the elevator, she's like, "Ben, you're still a good person. You can still turn," and you can kind of see in his face he starts to believe it too. But you know, shit hits the fan. But it's fine. <laughs> but I just, yeah. I just think that she in this movie she's kind of like I can fix him but like in a good way not in not in a negative way (laughs) she just believes that she can fix like everyone yeah (laughs) it's very positive Mm -hmm. uh any other thoughts on her character before we move on to relationships the rocks at the end I was just about to bring up the rocks I love that scene chills every single time every single time and the I didn't way okay. Ritter just went off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, The Rock's so, so good. And the way that they like, I don't even know what the filmmaking term for this is, but the way Luke is like, I will not be the last Jedi. Cut to Ray lifting The Rock's. I'm like, yeah. I watched it yesterday and I was like, wow. Um, the Last Jedi has so many just like incredible scenes like that. Um, and that one just like kills me. And somebody, please, for the love of God, paint that scene and don't try to sell me the original because I can't, I believe it's worth 15 grand, but I can't afford it. So please paint that scene and sell prints because I want it so badly and I will pay a good amount of money. But like, you guys, and if a goat fund me to, to buy Ari, <laughs> to buy Ari the rock scene. <laughs> 
and I've asked like some of my friends who can like do art I'm like can you paint this for me they're like no it's too hard with like the background being like all gray and the rocks I'm like fair but like please somebody paint this for me I'll pay you I don't know if this is a thing in Canada but CVS does like the canvas prints where like you can take a picture put it on a canvas and then hang it up on your wall I I don't know into that so true and like I think London Drugs probably does that too I should just look at that I should stop I have no idea what that place is but (laughs) thumbs up I should take matters into my own hands (laughs) um because it's so good it is genuinely such a good kind of setup the cinematography and everything is just so good Mm-hmm. And I don't have a fit on her relationship list for this one because they're separated from most of it, yeah. but their hug, where you just know they've both been worrying about each other so much while they've yeah. been separated, and now they're yeah. finally together again. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> I just and the I way like she... That... Oh, go ahead. I like in that scene, too, um, when when Finn, like, starts running, you see the rocks kind of part. I was I just about like to bring that up! I love that. Yes. I feel like that was yeah. good because he's forced it was, him, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So true. <laughs> Stupid rocks. Stupid rocks. <laughs> rocks, my enemy. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so for relationships, um, first up, we have Luke, her first Jedi master. Okay, I love I, cranky Luke. I yeah. I love cranky Luke. He is um he's, he's just Skywalker like me for real. Probably, <laughs> he's just like me for real. Like honestly, he is probably one of my favorite uh characters and it is 100% because of the last Jedi. I just think I I understand like the hate and again, not to make this like a Luke thing, but um I understand <laughs> the hate like why people hated the way they did that. But I personally love when my hero is torn down and feels like shit because I'm like, wow, just like me for real. So <laughs> I, I, I love him and I, I love their relationship. I think it's just so good. I, I love that it mirrors almost like Yoda and Luke's relationship in like sort of a way in which like Ray is frustrated with Luke in the same way that Luke was frustrated with Yoda and then also just like leaves. Um, I just, and as, I don't remember who said it. I think it was um, about, uh, no, I don't know who said it, but about like her, her like giving Luke a second chance, like being like, no, listen here, old man. Like you need to get it together and help us out. Um, I really like that as well. So I love In them both. Her following him around while he does his silly little routine. <laughs> I do love her face when he like drinks the green milk. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. She's just like, oh God, you can see her questioning every decision that has led her to that point, but she sticks around and I love that for her. No, I love them both. I, I think they're both super interesting, fun characters. So I love seeing them interact in the way that they do. She's just like me for real because when I was little and my parents didn't want me to like and they weren't doing something I wanted, I would follow them around the house until they were like, fucking fine, get what you want. I, I don't know if you could tell this about me, but I'm very stubborn and I will really? do anything I can. <laughs> I'm so I, will do, 
I will do anything I can to get exactly what I want. That is exactly what I did. I was just petty. I, I think I did this. I don't want to say I did it recently, but when, when I was mad at my mom, I like, I, I, I followed her. I didn't do anything. I was just sitting on my phone. Or no, another thing I do is when my mom tells me, um, when my mom tells me to do something, I'll do the exact opposite. Cause that's just how my brain works. <laughs> so like she tells me to go to my room again, I'm 19 years old. I will go no. And I will sit on my phone in the family room, just kind of quietly, just like not doing anything, but reminding her I'm there. <laughs> Ray is just like me for real. So true. One thing I love too, is I think because she mentions Luke Skywalker in The Force Awakens and like hearing about him. So this idea that she's meeting this like legend that she's heard about yes. and who, I mean, also it's like, you know, you have this kid from this nowhere desert planet who got off and was this great hero. And she's this no one kid on this desert planet hearing about this kid who went off and did all these great Ray's things. Like, he's just like, like me for real. Just like me for real. <laughs> and then like being confronted with this idea that like your heroes are very different than what you imagine and they're not always they are humans and they're flawed is Mm -hmm. really great and I think just like I think just like I like the way that we learn you know kind of Luke's almost temptation to the dark side again with almost killing Kylo versus Rey's kind of temptation to the dark side to join Kylo um mm-hmm. I really love that but I like her and Luke not as much as I like Luke and Leia though or I mean not Luke and Leia Ray and Leia but we'll get into that so later <laughs> so true uh we can move on to Kylo Ren who has a much more substantial <laughs> role in this film <laughs> anyone want to start <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll start. <laughs> what I love about Ray and Kylo in particular, because I also, for the most part, interpret their kind of relationship as platonic. I know they kiss, but like, I like platonic Ray and Kylo. Um, is they're just like two very deeply lonely people who are just looking for someone who understands them and will be with them. And, you know, they find each other. And I really love that, you know, that scene, um, you're not alone, neither are you. It's just, I, I love that. And, you know, when you're fighting, when they're fighting together in the throne room and you just see what a good team they are and how well they can work together when they are on the same side is incredible. And the fact that Kylo kills Snoke to protect Rey, and that is like his decision of like, no, this is like, it's his, it's a little bit of his decision of like, oh, I think I know which way I want to go, but then he doesn't end up going that way. He's beautiful. And I think like Liv said, um, this belief that he can change, that he can become better is, I think we talked about this last week when we were talking about Shadow of the Sith. It's so Jedi of her. Definitely. To, mm-hmm. to believe that he can change, to believe that he can come back to the light no matter what he's done is so a core tenet of like the Jedi. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
yeah and and then this whole idea of like she she wants to be with kylo but she can't be with kylo she wants to be with ben solo Mm -hmm. is is you can see that in in this film um it's like when they're when they're talking in the the hut during like the forced dyad scene and they force times the first time, yes. Um, <laughs> Kylo takes off his glove. And I feel like that's a very important detail because it shows her that he's been at that point. But when after the, the fight scene in the throne room, he keeps his glove on when he holds out his hand to her. Ooh, so what is yeah, that? so she she knows that's that it's nice still detail. Kylo. Yes. Uh, and then things, when he things you notice as a former Raylo, just sorry. And then when he goes <laughs> And then when he goes, of course, to uh, Exegol, mm-hmm. he's completely stripped of like yes. everything that made him. He's Kylo in his Ren. undershirt almost. His, his yeah, his waffle knit Ben Solo. Yes. <laughs> his black, his black Henley for all you love hypothesis dance out there. <laughs> I've never read that book, but God speak to all of you. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> I've said it before. I'm not a Raylo, but y'all write good fucking books. No, listen, Raylo AUs, very good. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Just say. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I also we cannot forget the very infamous. Can you put a shirt on? Oh my god. <laughs> yes. It's so it's funny. <laughs> I remember that moment in the theater. Everyone started laughing. <laughs> I love, do we have to do this now? <laughs> yeah. like She's like so flustered. Like, oh. <laughs> God, it's long. <laughs> oh. And Adam Driver <laughs> and Daisy Ridley do have like really, like a really great, like kind of like chemistry and rapport. <laughs> that like, I think. It was so funny. <laughs> it's like, it's so perfectly awkward. <laughs> on yeah. both yeah. ends. <laughs> yes like the line when she's he's like something about the night in the forest when you called me a monster and she's like you are a monster and he's like yes i am (laughs) it's such you know people like shit murderous snake but the sequel dialogue so bad sometimes so bad like the best was the first the first forced dyad thing where when kylo's like can you see my surroundings i can only see you (laughs) (laughs) what is star wars if not bad dialogue persevering it's so funny though my other favorite not it's not the lie that's bad it's just like adam's delivery the i know everything i need to know about you you do you do do. (laughs) i remember what was that that audio had a chokehold on tiktok in 2020 Mm -hmm. yes yeah cold so many and I'll bring it back Kylo Ren. <laughs> yeah <laughs> resurgence of the Kylo Ren last Jedi audio <laughs> TikTok <sighs> also I just want to put this out there can we can someone explain why we don't like the throne room scene I I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a beautifully choreographed um mm-hmm fight scene how they all how they work so perfectly with each other and how the again the the dyad the push and pull they kind of like um 
they catch each other what in their weak spots and like that part when um ray throws a saber to kyle and he just, just like kind of yeah like <laughs> yeah that part is so good <laughs> oh so good. i don't know i never really understood the hate for that scene either i love it i do think it's i think the hate was just like evil last jedi fanboys okay um, like very nitpicky yeah because they're like it's switches hands like the one of the guards the like hilt switches hands i was like okay yeah i was like yeah that also happens in revenge of the sith with obi-wan and anakin <laughs> but you all love to say that's the best fight scene ever um, no if you slowed down battle of the heroes or duel of the fates i guarantee there would be choreographical that's not a word whatever problems it is. so it is, I promise. throne room haters can, can see like can bite han me. jumping on a trampoline in the carbonite scene or something <laughs> like in one of the scenes where somebody like jumps down from something you can see them like bounce up a little because it's a trampoline <laughs> i don't know it's just no. very funny how it's just very funny how you know yeah no it's such that, it's uh, an incredible scene that scene is it so is sexy just like overall <laughs> the vibe so immaculate the, the so room. true <laughs> the vibes the red the burning yeah. all around them okay that part oof that i, I do go ahead yeah uh, i was just gonna say i do love um like from like a storytelling perspective this the throne room scene because like you see like ray doesn't expect him to kill snoke and you see that when she like grabs her saber and the way she like turns to look at him it's kind of like what the yeah um but and then and then i love this scene because it hurts so bad because it hurts her so bad because obviously then she's like sick we're on a team now and then the way she's like call the like, call them off and he's like we can yeah. rule together and she's like <laughs> what what i just think that's a very it's very like empire strikes back vibes in the way that it's like things were kind of going okay and then they just took a turn and i just so good but Fun i also fact, feel bad for her the piece of music where um where kylo kills snoke and then the whole throne room scene happens it's called a new alliance Ooh, which... that's painful <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know. I I've I've talked about this before. I'm a Star Wars uh score enjoyer very much. I was <laughs> I was literally just listening to the solo score like 20 minutes before we recorded this episode. Yeah. 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 Uh, and finally, I thought we could just use this as an opportunity to kind of cover Chewie both in The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker because he does spend a significant amount of time uh, with Rey in these two films. Probably She's... a good chunk of it. Because he goes with her to, to Luke's island uh, because he she's her um, Rey is Chewie's new dog. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So Han died. And he had to adopt another human. <laughs> and Ray was right there. So he's like, this is my new human for the next 70 to 80 years. He called home and was like, sorry, babe. I'm not going to be back on Kashyyyk for a while because I had to adopt another <laughs> I got today. another fucked up dog. <laughs> I got another fucked up guy. He's just like, Han, she's real lonely. So I think I got to stick around. <laughs> <laughs> Ripped to lumpy, but like... <laughs> 
<laughs> I got bigger issues. <laughs> it is you like legitimately more than your son. <laughs> when like he's flying the Falcon, stop. <laughs> When, when he's flying the falcon and she's like at the uh the in the gun part i don't mm, know yes, I like yes, that yes. Part. on crate i yeah. love that part <sighs> oh, it's so, so happy when she takes out those armored vehicles i love that for yeah. her and then we have it is legitimately upsetting when she thinks she accidentally killed him and she's like crying because I... she thinks she killed one of her friends I oh, was inconsolable in that theater. The way that she screams Julie's name. No. Oh, no. no. I was I no. was dead ass about to walk out. I was about to walk out <laughs> of that goddamn theater. I'm so glad they like basically told us he survived within like five minutes or so. Yeah. Because like everyone was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Kill, and when she senses Han, him and Leia, but not Chewy, <laughs> not Chewy. Oh yeah, when she sent yeah when she senses him. Also, can we talk about like like that's pretty like I don't know I th- I feel like she's pretty cool and powerful like the fact that she can sense him among like everything that was happening on a Kijimi on a Star Destroyer that was like way up there. Yeah, yeah girl. Our boss. And then so true. I, I was like- thinking the same thing. <laughs> We talked about Han seeing like a lot of himself and other people in his life in Ray, but just think about how much Chewie is reminded of Han and like how lonely I, he was I when they first met each other, and how and how <laughs> he said that he was looking for his tribe, his family, Emily, and then Emily, he rejoins the family. I believe I right himself. now. <laughs> I will leave this podcast right now. I'm not even joking. Okay, we done now. (laughs) I can't keep doing this. I was actually just thinking about rewatching Solo this weekend. I say that every weekend, but like, (laughs) I have watched Solo like five times this year. Only at the very least. And apparently, apparently only five times, which for me, I might have talked about it. It should really be a lot more. (laughs) Well, if we count solo score, which is basically like watching the movie, like you have the original score. It it just plays in your head. The the deluxe score. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the movie. It's just the the movie and it's so good. But we can talk to that when we get to our solo episode. So that shit's gonna be like two and a half hours long. <laughs> oh god. Uh, next and final movie, we have the Rise of Skywalker. So, uh, thoughts on her character in this movie, the conclusion kind of as of right now of her character arc, but. It makes a lot of sense after Shadow of the Sith um, and examining how her loneliness and her desire for family kind of affects her journey in the other films. It, it makes sense. And I think I think it it's a satisfying conclusion, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
I can go into heavy detail, and I, and will. I will, and I will, <laughs> I will go. go, already go. <laughs> As you guys know, I am a unapologetic Rise of Skywalker stan. I will say Shadow of the Sith did make me enjoy it more, but that's not to say I didn't like it already. Um, I... <laughs> I could probably, so here's the interesting thing. So like after my little last Jedi debacle, um, when it came out, I didn't really care about Star Wars. Ridiculous. Um, But the Rise of Skywalker, like I straight up didn't, I don't think I watched the, I'm pretty confident I didn't watch the trailer. Like, I think I just went to the movie because I was like, oh yeah, Star Wars, the thing I liked for a little bit. Might as well go see this movie. Loved, loved it. I thought it was so fun. Um, Probably because I had no expectations. I straight up went to the theater again by myself a week later because I wanted to be by myself so I could just appreciate it without my dad constantly being like, what's happening? What'd they say? <laughs> um, and so I just think there's, there's just so many good Ray moments in this movie. Um, I do think a large part of why I do love it so much is because there's so many Ray moments. Uh, I believe she has 50 to 55 minutes of screen time in this movie, which is Damn. significant it's a lot um and so yeah but I just I love this movie because it like starts out with her being like like kind of hating going back to hating Kylo slash Ben um because of what happened in The Last Jedi um and then it ends with her basically just like forgiving him without him asking for forgiveness and also putting it in his hands like the line so when they're I could write like probably a 15,000 word essay on that last fight on like the Endor moon or whatever um because the symbolism in that fight is so good it's so good you guys um but I do love I love the way that She's just like, you can tell when they're fighting, she's just so angry at him, at like circumstances, just like in general. She's like, I'm a Palpatine, it turns out. You suck, Um, everyone's gonna die, I'm so upset. And she's like so angry. And then we see, you know, Leia reaches out to Ben, he's distracted momentarily, she grabs his saber and basically like mortally wounds him, um, essentially killing him. And you see, like, her face when she does it, there's, like, no killing thought, head empty. the just, Kylo like, Ren. Killing the Kylo Ren, exactly. And then when she heals him, it's like she's healing him, but the Kylo Ren has already been killed. And the fact that she kills Kylo Ren with the Kylo Ren saber, <laughs> beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. I have a lot of directing problems with that movie, but that, <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> and then, and then, I don't know if this is making coherent sense because I'm just so excited about this, but... When she says, I did want to take your hand, Ben's Ben's hand. hand. I love that because I think that's her finally like accepting that she can't save him unless he wants to save himself. And that's her being like, my hands are off. I'm still like here for you, but I'm, I'm done. Like I'm done constantly being upset about this, which I just think is just so important for like just like life in general like there's often so many things that are just like out of our control and I just love that scene of her being like I'm here for you but you need to make this choice now um and then obviously they go to Exegol it's so great it's so good I do love I do love that she um chooses like when 
when she gives the one saber to Ben through the forest. I love that she keeps Leia's saber. Um, I just think that's just like such a. Well, I just think she it, gives it's... him the legacy saber because he's exactly like, finally he's earned, earned it. it. Almost he finally earned has it. earned yeah. this saber. Yeah. And then she has Leia's, which I think is just like so lovely, especially because like, obviously Leia trained her for a lot longer than Luke did. Mm -hmm. I, as we mentioned, like I love Luke and hers relationship because I think it's like a great start, but I do think that Leia and hers is much more impactful. Um, And so I just love that she's like, oh, cool. Now I have Leia's saber, especially like, um, no, like she obviously knows that Leia has died because she felt it in the forest. And I just think it's so lovely that she's like, this one's mine (laughs) um yeah and then and then she just uh I don't know you guys just so much you guys say some things I'm sure I'll have more after (laughs) I think this movie is like like I was saying like such an ultimate culmination of a lot of Ray's fears um once again, that she is alone. Not only that she is alone, but that she is not good enough now to be, because like she's kind of finally accepted her role, but now it's can she do it? And she has so much self doubt about that. Yes. Um, and I love the all the Jedi moment where she realized that really she with the Force, she's never alone with the force she was never gonna have to face this alone because yeah because the (laughs) jedi are always going to be with her and she is like carrying on this legacy for them and i just think that's such a beautiful moment for her um especially given how you know her pull to the dark side was that she was gonna be alone but she she doesn't have to be and she never will be uh not only because Ben shows up on Icicle, but because of all the Jedi as well. Um, and I know that making her a Palpatine was a bit of a controversial choice. And I actually, I liked Ray Nobody a lot. However, I do think Palpatine adds an interesting dynamic to her arc of like, what you're saying, Star Wars being about not who you're destined to be, but who you choose to be. Mm-hmm. you know who you want to be and it's not like Luke says it's not about blood it's uh it's not about blood it's like you can choose your family um mm-hmm. and I also really like the symbolism of you know the Palpatine Palpatine being the one who dragged not dragged but you know kind of dragged Anakin and Kylo to the dark side but then a Palpatine bringing the Skywalkers yeah. back to the light side. I really love that. I think that's really cool. And I think controversial, I think a dyad between a Palpatine and a Skywalker, even though she does not use the name Palpatine, she's just related to them, is honestly much more impactful and impactful for her character within the story than Kenobi. Because that doesn't really matter to her. Yeah. I don't like Ray Kenobi. That's my controversial opinion. Uh, I know a lot of people wanted it for Corky, which I have no problem with that theory. I think that's a really fun theory and I would have no problem with it being canon. However, Mm -hmm. for Rey's story, to me, her being related to Obi-Wan never really held interest because it doesn't matter because he's been dead her whole life. She doesn't care if she's, I think people misinterpret 
Ray wanting to know her who her parents are with this like oh I hope there's someone great and I hope they made a difference she just wants family so she finds out that Obi-Wan's her grandpa that doesn't matter because he's dead and he's been dead her whole life then it's still like okay where are my parents are they die are they dead are they coming back so Mm -hmm. you know I think that even though like I didn't love the Palpatine twist at first I've come around to liking it because I do think that it adds some interesting layers and dynamic um to her her character um and I think like we said like this movie if 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 this movie is her final journey and kind of accepting her place in the story then her taking on the Skywalker name finally finding that family with you know the two people who trained her um and also one half of her dyad is very very sweet um and then of course we have at the end to really fully sell that she has accepted her place as a jedi her own lightsaber um sick ass lightsaber i I love that she got a color that wasn't blue or green and i feel like the yellow so yellow represents her so well i love that it's made from a piece of her old staff i so love that, she, that part about it you will mm. oh, because she will always even no matter how far she moves and she will continue to look forward she's no longer stuck in the past but she will always keep it with her she will always remember so the girl true. on jakku and she will always fight for the girl on jakku and i oh i love that so much I love all of Ray's weapons. I said this, like how the blaster kind of represents Han, but then like how the staff, like, cause she carries all three around in this movie, how the staff is representative of her past and where she was mm-hmm. stuck. And then the lightsaber is kind of her present and this new path for her. And then of course, I think the yellow saber is like her future. Um, I love that saber so fucking much. I have so much stuff. I will buy so much stuff. If you throw Ray's yellow saber on it, I will buy it. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Um, Also, I know, sorry, I'm talking a lot, uh, but I love a lot of Ray's character in this movie. Uh, We haven't really talked about Ray's outfits, but this one I think carries like a lot of symbolism because I know some people were surprised when they went back to white but I always really liked that because I think it's one her fully kind of accepting her her journey as a part of the resistance as a part of this light side um plus as I think a lot of people have noted the white in particular with the hood is so reminiscent of Leia and it's such a nice homage both to Carrie who of course passed but also just to lay honoring her her master and that connection mm-hmm. between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we're going into a little bit about her outfit. So I I was reminded of this because I was watching Force Awakens today and I saw the piece of her outfit. Uh, but Ray has this like leather wrist cuff thing that's kind of like a, it looks almost like a Sabacc card where it's kind of like diamond shaped yeah yeah but the the main reason bring that up is because she uses that part of her outfit to fix the the skywalker lightsaber 
Like mm-hmm. I have, I have the the legacy lightsaber from Galaxy's Edge, and it's like that part of her, um, of her cuff is what what's holding the lightsaber together. So I don't, I feel like that's like some yes, that little thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she takes it off of her um, Last Jedi and Force Awakens outfits and fixes the, the lightsaber with it. So in a way, she's already adding to the Skywalker legacy, even before taking the Skywalker name on. So that's just something I noticed. I don't know if anyone else has, but I was reminded of that today. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts? I had a thought and then it left. Oh. You're just letting me for real. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember it, I will I'll yell. So true. <laughs> Uh, so we'll go to her relationships. First off, we have Finn, who they are back a lot in this movie together. I will say it was very rude of them to make it exceedingly obvious that Finn has the force um, in this movie when she dies. Basically, yeah, she does die, and then he knows. She does. Like. <laughs> she does die in fact and Finn knows Finn like he like fully is like oh my god um and so I just think it's rude that they were like oh yeah Finn's force sensitive ha 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 we're just not gonna say it out loud please um but I also do think that that scene as well shows how much he cares for her like the fact that he was able to sense that she had died through the force um is really cool because obviously like he is force sensitive he's not maybe not like as strong or not as well trained so it's not like he's sensing everybody who's dying probably but he did sense his friend and breaks my heart but then they reunite so it's fine Um, (laughs) yeah i do want to know like so wait do we think that what he was going to tell her when they was that he's force sensitive yes yeah yes okay yeah okay i was like i'm pretty sure that's what it was again another way they're making it like pretty obvious that he's force sensitive which opens up some really interesting possibilities for future things but we can talk about that in a little bit (laughs) um one thing i really like that i feel like kind of gets overlooked because people love to joke all finn does is stand around and yell ray which like I take issue with I feel like people intentionally ignore his arc however I think people miss so that true. like how often Finn is the one that Ray is confiding in how she is so yes. transparent with him about her fears and about mm. what she is doing and, and how scared she is and I really love that and I feel like it's such a nice progression of their relationship and you can really see how how that trust and how them kind of being each other's first friend is so impactful to them um and like the fact like you know one of the first scenes when he comes back on the falcon and he immediately she immediately goes to hug him and it's like and they're just chatting all excited and it's it's so sweet and their hug at the end where you can just tell he's so happy to see her i just that yeah, and I feel like make me cry. No, I'll sob every time. And like, just so how much Ray cares not only for you know like the resistance, but for Finn specifically, and wanting to save him is just it. It always touches my heart. 
I I love them and I think this is such a sweet addition to their friendship in this movie um yeah I love um the part when Ray's like peace out y'all I'm just gonna go to the Death Star because you guys don't want to <laughs> me. um Finn is, like as soon as Finn realizes where she went he's he's there he's there he doesn't care yeah. that it's like a stormy sea or whatever he's like I gotta go save my friend I just oh. and then the way that she like when he's like running at them when she's fighting Kylo and she like sends him back because she's like get out of here like yeah. it's not like an angry like I'm like mad you're interrupting something it's like a oh my god what are you doing here yeah. go like yeah. <laughs> She doesn't want to put him in danger. Exactly. Like she wants to face it because she wants to not hurt him. Yeah. And like he, like, you know, if she has to be in this situation, he doesn't, she doesn't want to like drag her with him, which I feel like is like kind of that symptom of her kind of like fear of loneliness manifesting and like, oh, I just push people away. But Mm -hmm. Finn is always going to be there for her always yeah yeah <laughs> now we can uh finally talk about one of Hayes' favorite people Pope Dameron Mr. Pope Dameron <laughs> hey, would you, hey would you like to start <laughs> absolutely I am rubbing my hands maliciously right now <laughs> so we actually don't get to see a lot of Finn and Ray, not Finn and Ray, God, Ray and Poe's relationship. Even like in this movie, he, he's mostly with with Finn, but they, I think they finally meet at the end of The Last Jedi, which to me doesn't make sense because Ray was still on Dakar, which is, if you're not aware, that's what the Resistance base planet is. So like they, they probably met there, but then they kind of reintroduce well, themselves at the end of Finn Last Jedi. passed out, so she probably didn't, because he would have just been some random resistance fighter to her. Because, oh, like, remember, it was like, it was like Finn is specifically the link between them. Yeah. And Leia a little um, bit, but Leia's not going to be like, oh, you should meet this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Not matchmaker Leia. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. She's trying, oh. she's trying to get all her, like, like a mother, get all her ducks in a row. <laughs> so one thing I do want to say about Poe and Leia's relationship is, again, I'm a big comics person. Um Basically, Poe's parents are really big figures in the Rebellion. So his mother, Shara Bay, is an A-wing pilot. And she has her own little squadron, Green Squadron. Uh, And then his father, Kess Dameron, is a Pathfinder. Which is basically like, he's almost like a guerrilla fighter. Partisan. Eh, eh, eh. Um, But basically... (laughs) But basically, he's just kind of like the ground forces. He's almost like special ops secret service kind of like go through maybe unsavory channels to get information so what happens to poe is that his mother to be honest i haven't read i haven't read free fall which is that young adult novel about poe uh because it's going to hurt very bad but what happens is his mother dies at a young age and from there his father is kind of like 
not in and out of his life, but he's still stricken by the grief of the loss of his wife. I mean, of course, who wouldn't be? So Leia kind of swoops in and takes him under her wing and basically... It basically makes him like a second child. So if we're t- if we're thinking about this, Poe and Ben slash Kylo grew up together, basically, which me which makes their torture scene in the beginning of The Force Awakens very painful. But the whole thing about Ray and Poe, what I'm trying to get to, is that in the Poe comics, Poe comics plug for all of my <laughs> homies who I've gotten to read the Poe comics. Um, the it's it's separated into two sections and one section is bigger than the other but the first section is more like pre-force awakens which i think is issues one through 25 and then 26 through 31 are all after the last jedi when this also happens a little bit in resistance reborn when the rest of the resistance is on the millennium falcon and it's finn poe and ray just talking basically recounting the battle of starkiller base recounting the battle of crate and just deciding where where they want to go next. And to be honest, I haven't reread the Poe comics in a while, so I don't remember exactly the specifics of what happens there. But <laughs> Poe comes up with the joke that him and Ray both got tortured by Kylo, so Poe goes, "We're tortured buddies" or something like that. And I think that's a very sweet um, foundational part of their relationship. Uh, and I think her relationship to Poe is very. Um, Again, we don't get to see a lot of it, but there is the Ray and Poe novel coming out, announced at Celebration, which I'm excited for because I'm always, I love Poe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's very strange because we, we see uh, Ray have this relationship with Leia, which we'll talk about a little bit later, where, he, where she is her mentor as well as her Jedi Master almost and then we also see poe having the same relationship with her kind of in the motherly figures kind of way so they have that shared relationship and then they have the shared relationship with finn which also makes things uh, a little interesting to say the least uh but yeah i don't know i haven't watched i i didn't rewatch rise of skywalker because it makes me literally like emotionally break down every time I watch it <laughs> in a good way though I promise but yeah I I think their relationship is very special in how they both have these shared connections but they're also able to forge a connection of their own together and that is my Poe tangent thank you very much everybody <laughs> I love that they're just the divorced parents of BBA bickering <laughs> who are forced to be together because they both love Finn so much so they're trying to be nice to each other yeah and it's just it is not, not working, working. Well, but like <laughs> they love each other so they'll put up with each other <laughs> like what did you do to the droid what did you do to the falcon I love that scene that, that scene That's is very so funny good. You, can't calls have, him you can't a like Steve- man you know what you are you're difficult you're You're a difficult man (laughs) and then i noticed this time around him and her and finn have this moment where he goes is he in a mood and finn goes always always (laughs) yeah always just boyfriend things and it's so So funny (laughs) so true (laughs) true. and i just love their like 
it's yeah they divorce parents bickering siblings energy definitely yeah and it's such a fun little relationship I think for both of them to have I think especially when like I think so much of their life and relationships have been defined by tragedy and like or this like need to be like I have like this one person I have to hold on to them like I feel like that's how Poe kind of feels about Black Squadron where it's like these are my friends I must protect and hold on to them (laughs) but like to kind of have this person where you just have this like bickering relationship with them where it's a little bit more casual I think is actually very nice for both of their characters and I'm so excited for that uh, Finn and Poe book especially since it has been I wish Uh, (laughs) that's resistance for boy Poe and Ray book especially because the author confirmed it was like not a ship book but just like a friendship book um and we love that so true we love Ray having friends so true true she's just like all the friends (laughs) so true I love Poe also, just a, really? <laughs> Do you? Just a, a gentle reminder. You barely to mentioned anyone, him. <laughs> a gentle reminder to anyone who's listening to this podcast: if you think Poe is a boring character, this is a bold take. But if you think Poe is a boring character, you need to read his other media because that is just simply a wrong statement. Uh, read the Poe comics, my friends. Live space right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah sorry that was that was kind of mean but please <laughs> add some nuance but so true thumbs up for me moving on to leia and ray uh does anybody have any thoughts i love it i love it so much because we know that leia didn't like she decided not to train as a jedi um we know that from right in rise of skywalker but we also know it from other media we know that she thought that she would be better suited to helping people slash the new republic like in politics um and i do think that's true but i love that ray gave her the opportunity to step into this role because i think she's really good at it um she, i i like her take on how she's training ray because it's a it's not like the super traditional jedi way you know um i mean even just like contrasting her and luke again we talked about this she goes to the dark and luke is like oh my gosh this is insane like scared um whereas leia like and we know too like later on in the rise of skywalker that leia knew that she was very likely a palpatine like luke's force ghost tells ray this um and yet leia's approach is that she sees like the good in ray and she sees that she wants to just do the best that she can and use her skills in that way um and so i just think it's really cool i think leia is a very interesting take on a jedi especially because obviously luke isn't trained in the traditional ways that most of the Jedi we've seen are, and then Leia's like even more removed from that. Um, and I just think it's, I think it's, I think it's really cool. I think it's really fresh. I would love perhaps maybe like, I'm trying to think of like the best way, but like maybe like a comic series or something where it's like, we get more of Leia training Ray. Um, Cause we do get like such a small snippet and most of this is just like me like head canoning, canoning it. Um, but yeah, I just think, I just think it's very beautiful. And I do, love that um 
Ray to learn from a woman. <laughs> to be quite yes. honest, most of Ray's relationships yes. are with men, and a lot of them are they're all really great, obviously. But I do think that there is something to be said for having a relation, like learning from a woman who is well established and has done so many great things. I think that's really cool for Ray. Yeah. And I think like I think this is in like the Rise of Skywalker novelization, but this kind of idea that like, you know, through Poe, she passes down the Organa legacy of politics, of being a general, of kind of leading this rebellion and resistance. But then mm-hmm. through Ray, she passes down her Skywalker side of her, the the Jedi and the Force, and like mm-hmm. finding Luke and all of that. Um and I think that's really beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, to know that like such an important Star Wars character and to have like, you know, the, you know, Leia was such an important like female character for so many years and it still is to know that like her legacy will be passed down through another fantastic female character is so, mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Um And, you know, I think a lot of it, too, is also, like, we're saying, like, not only is it a beautiful homage to Leia's character, but uh, this really beautiful homage to Carrie, um, who, you know, we've lost in this way. Like, I think, you know, it's just, it's so, I just love them. And, yeah, like Ari said, I think it's so fantastic to see, you know, that relationship between two women, especially in Star Wars, where, like, that is so infrequent, like, um, Mm -hmm you know women friendships in general but even like mentor mentee relationships like I can basically mainly think of like Hera and Sabine for like the movies and tv shows um but yeah and then a little bit we got more of like Bale and um Brea and Leia uh and Kenobi and also through her book but yeah it's so I I just um I love them and yeah I hope like Ari said I would love to see more of Leia passing that down and like instilling her kind of spirit in Ray. Hey Lou. Um I I really like that it was Leia that ultimately decided to finish Ray's Jedi training. Um uh, I think she provides a really n- interesting look at the legacy of the Skywalker name as a whole, because she has both the influence, as you said, of the Organas and the Skywalkers and the Solos that all kind of, not compiled, but influenced her um, her growth out of what, when she was 22 or 23 at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi. So we see how all of those have kind of culminated into this very unique style of Jedi training, uh, as we saw in the flashback on AJ and Kloss with Luke and Leia fighting. Um, but yeah, I I really love their relationship, and I was watching Force Awakens today, and the hug that Leia gives Rey, and then the, the reflection of that hug in The Rise of Skywalker when the theme The Rise of Skywalker plays, because it's really Rey becoming a Skywalker, not in name yet, but as her final step into becoming a part of that family. And yeah, I thought that was really nice. And 
I never really expected um, Leia to mentor Ray in any sort of sense. I thought she would always be doing something more oriented with the resistance. But it it's it's nice to have your expectations kind of not blown away, but not fulfilled sometimes. But yeah, I I liked them. It was sweet. Um, I I think it's interesting in this movie, kind of the di- dynamic between Ray, Leia, and Kylo, like especially in that that fight scene on um, the moon of Endor. That the name I can't remember, <laughs> but like it's because of Leia's sacrifice that um, ultimately Ray kind of saves Kylo. Like she, because Leia calls out into the force to Kylo, and then, I mean, it's right as Ray stabs him, but um, that's what that's what makes Ray go, oh. Leia was Oops. willing to to give to give her life to bring Ben back, so obviously I should honor that. I just, I think that's very interesting. I think I actually tweeted about that a couple weeks ago, maybe a week yeah. or two ago. Yeah, I don't she, know why I thought it's of like that. She, she wanted to like protect both her her kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also like I can't help but think about you know when you consider Leia's background of being an adopted um, child and this sense of like her pa- parents never made her feel like an outsider, just like or Leia never made Ray feel like an outsider and accepted her and basically adopted her as her own because I think Leia knows how important that is and how you know influential that was in her own life having and I think especially when you consider that she is related to Vader and how you know finding that out shook her Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's why it's so important when you know Leia is saying like you know who you are because you know, if she had let her being related to, you know, Vader keep her down, just as like Ray being related to Palpatine was like, you know, she wouldn't have done as much. So I think that's also really a kind of beautiful parallel between them as like, Leia knows very well the position that Ray is in. And she knows that she can be who she wants to be, because that's exactly what Leia was. That's so true. That's so true. I didn't even think of that. But yeah, that's such an important part of their relationship, especially to because like, as you're saying, like Leia, I wrote down this line because it made me like, uh. um, <laughs> she says, uh, well, it comes like after the part where Ray's like, I know it looks like I'm making excuses. And Leia's like, don't tell me what it looks like. Tell me what it is. And then Ray's like, I just feel like lost or whatever she says and then she's like maybe I'm just tired but like Leia senses that she can like feel something is off and she says like Ray never be afraid of who you are which is just like so powerful when you think about it in conjunction with the fact that Darth Vader the most evilest man ever is quite literally Leia's father and she had to deal with that which as a complete side note because I plug this book on literally every single one of my podcasts. Read Bloodline by Claudia Gray. We get some great, uh, great insight into yes. that. 
And I physically cannot be on a podcast without plugging that book. So <laughs> there we go. Yes. And then finally, uh, for Rise of Skywalker, we get to Kylo slash finally we're back to Ben Solo in this movie. <laughs> and the diet is in full force in this film. <laughs> I think oh, the yeah. moment that really solidifies it, besides if you were unsure of anything that had happened in the other movies and the in the minutes before in this movie is the moment where they both bring their sabers up perfectly in sync. Like that was the moment. That was chef's kissery right there. When they pass the saber. Oh, it's so good. So good. I don't know how the fuck they did it, but yeah, I love that part. <laughs> The force. And like it's like when you see and like they you see them like looking at each other through their force connection, and it's just that moment of like we're gonna do this. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. So good. Oh my god. And of course, then Ben literally sacrifices his life so that Ray can live. And that moment is like, I mean. I know we have we talked about it last week but we have like opinions on Ben Solo dying but just <laughs> taking like the the moment of him choosing to save Ray I think is very beautiful like this this recognition of she the world needs her like she deserves to live she deserves to keep fighting um I think that's really beautiful and I do think that like you know Ben sacrificing himself so that he, uh, the the person that he loves can live is kind of a nice parallel to Anakin. Um, in some of like Anakin turned to the dark side because he thought that would be he would be able to save Padme, and really this whole time we kind of learned from Ben Solo it's it's being on the light that allows him to save Rey, um, and I love that I love that so much and like we've talked about before this idea of like I would have taken your hand Ben's hand and then and then finally you know they do um it's really beautiful and I do think it's really sad regardless like you know how you interpret the the diet or the relationship but like to lose a that person who understood her really well and and was a comfort when she felt alone is is really devastating and I kind of do hope like I don't want to get into it too much but like you know I do hope in in something post Rise of Skywalker that we would be able to have Ray kind of reflect on that um a little bit and like Mm -hmm. what it means to lose to lose that And um, just about what you said about Anakin and Padme kind of reflecting on Ben and, and Ray, it's, it, I find it interesting because in Forest Awakens, Kylo says, I'll finish what you started. And I mean, technically he does that. Anakin started his journey to the dark side because of Padme to save Padme and then Ben completes his journey into the light to save Ray. So I just think that's neat. <laughs> yeah. I just think that's painful, actually. <laughs> 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 it's 
like it's yeah it's it's so painful but it's exactly it is very sweet and nice um eventually I think when we maybe do like a Ben Solo Kyle Ren episode we can get into the whole thing about him living or not but (laughs) but for now Aaron hey any thoughts um I think you guys pretty much reflected everything I I think I again I've never been a really big Ben Kylo Ren person but then again I've never I've never really had like an environment like this where we can talk about opinions and maybe opinions change and mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know <laughs> I mean I already like kind of gushed about this um well I did I didn't kind of I did um <laughs> yeah. Let me just reiterate that the scene on the Death Star is, it's my personal favorite fight scene in all of Star Wars. Um, I just think it's, for the reasons I've already mentioned, so cool. Um, So that's like the big thing for the dyad for me. It's just like that scene. It's just like, ah, anyway. So please, everybody rewatch that scene. And, (laughs) um, but yeah, I don't know. I love what you said about how Ray, like Ben realizes that Ray like the world needs her um and that's why he chooses to save her I think that's it's just really like ouch but also as to quote Ben Solo that's really ow um <laughs> it's one yeah and only I don't line. know <laughs> it's one and only Ben Solo line um yeah no I don't really have anything meaningful to add to the the dyad so we can move on <laughs> Okay. Uh, finally, we come to other media that she's been in, which isn't as much as some of the other characters. Um, we talked pretty in depth about her character last week on our Shadow of the Sith episode. So if you want more of our thoughts about Rey in that book, check that out. But I will hand it off to Ari in case she has um, some additional thoughts on Rey and Shadow of the Sith. No, I think you guys, because I listened to your episode, I finished it today. Honestly, I think you covered it all. Like the only thing that I would emphasize is just that one quote where it's like, she was wonder, she was magic. Because so true, Adam, so true. Um, And like, the other thing I'd emphasize is again, the whole thing about how she learned so much and got so much from like Mirror Mirror. And I think that's just so beautiful. Um, But yeah, definitely listen to that episode because I wholeheartedly agree with everything you guys said about Ray on that one allegedly adam christopher <laughs> said he was gonna listen to that episode <laughs> i am so scared i am so concerned i do love that tweet when he was like are these good things yeah. in response to your like major plot or like major points i didn't like, realize how much like if you don't know us and you don't like kind of know the vibe of like our like podcast how those things could be interpreted mm-hmm. yeah like legends misogynist hated even i was like oh i wonder what this means <laughs> that's why it's a point of interest it and draws you in that's the point that's draws the you point in. <sighs> um funny. And then I'll kick it off to Hey and Liv to talk about some of Ray's comic appearances. I said uh-huh. I was going to read Allegiance, and then I did not do that. So me too. Uh, I will. I just I wasn't in. I wasn't feeling it this week. Uh, I wasn't in a comic book brain space. But it is my. I wonder what besides the be like. comics. 
I don't I know. Have, I have the opposite problem of you guys where it's like you have to <laughs> really switch do. into the book mind space. I have to switch into the comic mind space. I have been plagued by the comic mind space since May 2021. <laughs> It is July 2022. (laughs) There is not a week that has gone by where I have not been plagued by thinking about Star Wars comics. (laughs) Now is the perfect opportunity to kind of lead us into our comics uh, appearances that she's had, which she has appeared in Allegiance, which we've talked about a little bit, uh, written by Ethan Sachs, a bestie of the pod. And she's (laughs) also appeared in Age of Resistance number one, by Tom Taylor. Uh, so I want to talk about, wait, Liv, did you read Allegiance? Did you reread yes. it? Okay. I I got swamped by work today, so I was only able to read issue one, but I did reread um, her Age of Resistance comic. So mm-hmm. I can, I can, I'll talk about the Age of Resistance comic and then you can take the Allegiance comic. Uh, so what the Age of Resistance comic is, is it's basically, uh, it's a, it's, the Age of series itself is an anthology series set in all three major time zones, sets, yeah. uh, eras in, of the Star Wars universe. So you have the Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, and Age of Resistance. And Age of Resistance, you have your heroes and then you have your villains. And then at the end, there's a special where they have like, like three little mini stories that kind of go into to so just some more little one-offs of each uh kind of era but ray's one shot her age resistance one shot is very much about her feeling alone and lost and there's she talks to leia about han's final moments there's an, an entire page dedicated to it where she's just telling leia what happens and hold on, I need to pull this panel up because I will not do it justice if I don't. <laughs> but there's something so beautiful that she says about Han and being able to run. Um, uh, here we go. So Leia says Han always, Han always, his first instinct was to run when things got hard but he never ran far he always came back he always stepped up again han knew there's a time to run and there's a time to make a stand and that gets reflected later in the issue when ray is sent to this garbage planet because on her way to octo to meet luke a part of the um of the Falcon's hyperdrive, hyperdrive like function board or something, it stops. And then she has to go scavenge on this kind of garbage planet, which is combining both aspects of her life, both before and after uh, The Force Awakens. So at the very end of the issue, she has she's on Octo and Chewie offers to go with her to meet Luke at the top of that hill. And she says, it's okay, Chewie. I'm not alone. Not anymore. I have the hope of the galaxy with me. And that, yeah, it's, Emily, you need to read this issue. Emily. You do, actually. I read it, like, right before, and I was like, (laughs) I shouldn't have read it right before. Actually, I might have just bought it. I bought some comic with Ray on the cover. Did it, was it a Phil Noto cover? Was it this one? No. Okay. Uh, no, it was definitely, I think it, I don't know. Was it, it Allegiance? Was no, I have Allegiance. 
Oh. It may have been a... Um, I have a Legion. It may have been an adaptation. Oh, I know it was an IDW one. Okay. I'm not sure if it was canon, but I was like, right? (laughs) I I think, I think those are canon. I actually haven't read those, but yeah, her age. Yeah, they are because. Yeah. Yeah, Um, That that age of resistance one shot. All of them are so good, especially in the age of resistance, but Ray's Ray's and Rose Tico's had me sobbing at 2 a.m. I read them back to back. They are so freaking painful. And I, I, I fucking love that one shot, man. Ray in that, just in that issue alone, literally 30 pages of that, of that comic, she has, it just, it advances her character so beautifully from what we know in The Force Awakens to this kind of place where she is at the end of The Force Awakens when she's taking her first steps into becoming a Jedi. And it also sets up the rise of Skywalker kind of because she she realizes that she's finally not alone even though it's going to be emphasized a lot during this um during the the last Jedi and not not necessarily the the last line I have the hope of the galaxy with me is not necessarily to like put pressure on her but it's to remind her that again she's not alone she has people that that believe in her and, and trust her and that again that issue it's just so good mm-hmm. and if you're a ray fan you absolutely need to read it because it's it's so good and allegiance is set after the last jedi and i will send it off to live to tell us about that okay so my summaries probably are not as good as Hayden's, but oh, I'm gonna try. <laughs> so we did- Hayden's are thorough. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so Allegiance takes place after The Last Jedi. Um, and if we're just looking at Rey, really, um, this is Rey's gifted kid burnout phase. Absolutely. Like, yes. um, she's really kind of disillusioned. She's almost like distanced herself from, from the Force. Uh, when we, when she first shows up in the comic, she's literally picking a fight with some random beast. Just because, because she's, she's bored. She's bored. And then so well, I, have, I have to bring up the line that lives in oh. my head. Right oh, quick. I've seen that line. Oh my God. Just, just a moment. Please, no. I, no, I, I need Please, to. Please, no. I'm doing it. I'm doing it because while you're it looking it up, let's just appreciate that Ethan Sachs is a Kit Fisto enjoyer, and I know he that is. because he, <laughs> he's a water he war arc likes enjoyer. The water war arc, so true, King. Shout out to you, bestie. Shout As out, you shout out to the bestie. But actually, I rescind my shout out because I'm about to read the line that made <laughs> have a mental breakdown. Um, so it's. Ray, after fighting this beast, she says, no, it's not your fault. I started this. It's just, do you understand what it's like to lose the one thing that made you special? To realize so many sacrificed themselves believing you were chosen for something greater and you turned out to be a disappointment? Like, Alexis, Alexa, oh play surface pro- pressure from Encanto. 
<laughs> I was like, I should do a cosplay with that song. I have done uh, that song with my Ray cosplay on. As you should. That's As you should. Just, okay. So that that happens. Um, made me have a mental just breakdown. Want to give her a hug. Discussed. discussed. Um, but then um, it kind of shifts and they, Leia sends her and Rose... Was there anyone else? No. Was it most, okay. Two, it was her. Just two, just two queens. Two yeah. queens. Yes. This is the the Ray Rose um, Bible. Joker. Yeah. Let's go, yeah, lesbians. Yes. Um, Thank so, you, Ethan. So, queens. <laughs> he said, or she sends um, Ray and Rose to Moncala to try to get them to join the resistance cause because obviously they are very small after the last jedi and lots of um shenanigans political intrigue what have you goes down i don't know how else to describe it um but ray ray is very impulsive in this comic i think she's just like me for real so true so true (laughs) (laughs) but um basically it boils down to ray kind of reels back those impulses and is like hey i gotta chill everything is gonna be okay what other people think of me isn't my problem you know so true um yeah which is a lesson that i think many of us need to learn (laughs) retweet (laughs) yeah just and was there anything i missed hey that you think is important i don't think so okay other than other than um rose freaking taking out that last aqua droid and i do want to mention i do want to mention that ethan specifically wrote rose in this comic to to fight back at all the last jedi haters who said she didn't have anything to do in the movie so I know. The Shout biggest, out to you, Ethan. The the biggest missed opportunity in the the movie in Rise of Skywalker yes. is not having Ray and Rose be friends on screen. I know. Rose should have so with them. I a hundred percent agree. Yes. Yeah. Also, Rose should have been there at the beginning instead of stupid Claude, the mm-hmm. slug. Yeah. She quite literally got replaced by a fucking slug that's, <laughs> that's cool. why that's why i hated Maybell kim for so long because i was like it's Same. he could it could just be rose and then i read shadow of the Sith and i was like maybe i don't need to be so angry at this so <laughs> <laughs> true um so we'll talk about a little about where we'd like to see ray and where we will see ray um i think in at some point, it was announced at Celebration that we're going to get a Ray and Poe book that is set between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker that goes over their relationship. I'm very excited about that. I think that'll be interesting. And I especially with like what Hey was talking about, given both of their connections to Leia and her as a mentor figure for both of them. Um, but now we can talk about where would you want to see Ray's character next what would you want a project anything i'm gonna be honest with y'all i i know it's not like officially canon but i love 
the Lego holiday special and her character um I just think it's so fun and it's just like more of her being like curious and like doing what she needs to do um but on a more serious note I don't particularly want her to try to like restart a Jedi order just because like it's been done and also like I like I like I like Jedi I don't love the order part of Jedi order you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. I don't don't want to see that but I would I would love to see like whatever's happening like her in a position where she is kind of like mentoring Finn teaching Finn I think that would be really cool um again to go back to my love of the Lego holiday special I did love that (laughs) their little like like mentor mentee relationship in that and so I think like something like that I don't exactly know like what type of story and like what problems I want them to face per se because I know I don't want it to be like the Sith again um Mm -hmm. and I do know that like based on like the High Republic there's obviously like lots of opportunities to make other kinds of villains so I think that would be like really cool I I would love to see a post sequel trilogy something with them even if it's just in like book or comic form but I do think I would love that, but I would also love if there was something like live action, Um, just because as much as we can preach, read the books, read the comics, not everyone's going to. And I I do think that's a story that everyone should get to see because I love her and maybe that'll make people appreciate her more. (laughs) I do want to see Finn, I want to see John and Daisy again back together. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's a story to be told about, you know, Ray training Finn and kind of figuring out how they want to use the force to help the galaxy at the same time that Mm -hmm. Poe and Rose are kind of helping to build up a new uh, government or rebuild kind of Mm -hmm. the Republic. I think that could be really interesting when you're talking about the higher Republic. I'm reminded of like, I would love for, you know, Finn and Ray to go on this journey of kind of what was Luke was doing, but kind of going to like different places and finding Jedi temples and Jedi information. Um, and I'd love to see, yeah. you know, them learning from potentially some of the High Republic Jedi, like um, Avar Chris or oh, Elzar man. or Stellina, or even, you know, looking forward to like, depending on what happens in phase three, Wreath, Bell, Verdestra. Um, I think that you're talking about it like Vernestra and Ray kind of have a lot in common. I think they both feel this like pressure um, because they're like this. So true. Vern was kind of this like uh, prodigy sort of. Um, Yeah, or Orla is another one that comes to mind for like Ray and Finn to learn from. Um, So I would love to to see that. as well as what I said before of like kind of just Ray processing like what it means to lose her dyad. Um, yeah, and also I, we talked about this last episode, but Ray returning to potentially Mir Mir's home planet and maybe meeting her mother's family. Yeah. Hey, I live. <laughs> Oh, and a comic. That's it. (laughs) I don't care what it's about. So true of you. (laughs) So true. So I personally am really happy with where we left Ray's character at the end of of Rise of Skywalker. 
I don't know why everyone complains about her burying the lightsabers in the sand. It it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, Leia doesn't have a home planet and it's Luke's house. Like that makes total yeah. sense. And it was Anakin's and it was where Shmi was buried. But 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 Anakin doesn't like sand, so blame you. That makes I'm it funnier. <laughs> I know, right? Like, get out I, of here. I am personally happy with where we saw her arc end at the Rise of Skywalker. However, I would like Jedi Jedi Ray training Jedi Finn. I yeah. think that would I you guys know I am the comic connoisseur, the comic overlord, if you will. However, <laughs> so it would true. work <laughs> it would work way better in a book format because you can see you can really see like the internal thoughts of the characters and how they process it we we're probably going to get to see how they see the force honestly i don't really care where we see ray next as long as i get to <laughs> see more of her yellow lightsaber that's really my main goal is True. i just want to see the yellow saber again also personally i think finn should have an orange saber because Ooh. then they would be like warm colors together he'd have a really unique color like Ray has a more unique color and um it's a cute little connection to the resistance uh fight suits like and Finn choosing the resistance yeah, I also agree that I don't want necessarily want Ray founding another Jedi founding another Jedi okay. order just personally that's mm-hmm. that's not interesting to me I don't see why we need to do it again they tried to do it before didn't really work uh but yeah i feel like especially with their friendship and their mentorship finn and ray would be a great mentor to finn and will be able to help him a lot through a lot of stuff even like roadblocks in his jedi training that would be great in a book but yeah that that's what i want to see of ray from now on also there is the potential of them finding living Jedi in particular my mind goes to Ezra and kind of both of them learning from him uh oh that would be very really really interesting I'm not sure how old Cal Kestis would be at this point he might be a little on the older okay wait let me do math he's still alive (laughs) 12 at zero bby what is would he be more like Lando's age I don't I'm know. I'm assuming he'd be more Wait. Lando Han's age. Yeah, um, I think he would be. I think he'd the- be like a year younger than Han because he was 12 at the time of Order 66, which was 19 BBY. So he's like 31, I think, if I'm doing that math right, by A New Hope. So, and then another 30 yeah, years. Yeah, so he'd so be yeah. Han's age. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. he could easily still be alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that could be cool too. Um, yeah. So with that, we will go into Kessel Run Book Club for this week. So, and we have Ari on, who also reads the comics. So I'll leave it to you guys to talk about this week's releases. <laughs> we recruited her. It was great. You have, um, you have, like... <laughs> oh, man, oh my God, my bank account. Rip. So, <laughs> so, <true. laughs> so for this week, the three releases were Star or no, we have Star Wars twenty five, aka Charles Souls's 
um celebration issue which i can get into a little bit there congratulations charles congratulations our hero we love you bestie so true (laughs) then we have darth vader 25 and han solo and chewbacca number four um so i think we should start off with darth vader 25 because i feel like that's (laughs) (laughs) it is true you're very pocket sized right now (laughs) <laughs> little pocket size live with her colleagues <laughs> i just think they're neat so, <laughs> so i think we've talked about darth vader this arc of darth vader on the podcast before this arc is not doing it for me no. i'm very <laughs> sorry this i don't know what happened greg's pack greg Greg Pack's run has been so good up until this arc where they're like on a colony that's generating energy. Yeah, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is happening. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> but basically, there's a giant sandstorm that Sabe gets blown away in. And then Vader goes into the sandstorm. That's the bait. That's the only thing I could glean off of this issue but I want to talk about Ochi in this issue because (laughs) there's one part that is so funny it's where Sabe gets sucked into the sandstorm and then Ochi goes wow so sad now can we go (laughs) so and you know what I took offense to that I took offense to that as I'm in my Sabe Stan era and I took offense to that. It's true. It's your display name on Twitter. list of crimes. <laughs> the best Add is like five again. minutes later when he meets up with Vader and he's like, I did everything I could to help her. <laughs> and I took offense to that too. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, he's such a rat. I, I fucking love him. Ochi <laughs> is my guy. <laughs> But yeah, Ochi basically, my <laughs> Ochi, my bestie, me. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, I will essentially, say, I will Darth- say. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I understand why this arc is not the most exciting. However, I do love it because, A, Sabe, my queen. Um, Also, sick phantom menace reference that one panel where it's yeah. like kidster and i forget the name of the rodian and then it's like anakin kidster the rodian Walt. and then the next one oh yeah Walt. and then the next one's darth vader old kidster and Walt. and i was just like it didn't matter what else happened in that after so that. true. That i was like good. i was like this is to quote kidster this is so wizard um living laughing loving i was having a good time <laughs> so true also i forgot to mention is he gonna pod race at the end of this issue like is that a pod racer yeah it is that part made me chuckle i'll never read that part made me chuckle i'll never read it later 26 (laughs) so true be nice to you because this is your podcast But yeah, you don't have to be nice to me. Hey, live art. <laughs> I want to get invited back though sometimes. <laughs> Believe me, well, bestie. Okay, you will. If, if we had to put a moratorium on people who bullied Hay, 
Liv and I would be both be on a this long podcast. Ass we couldn't have a single person on this. So true. So true. <laughs> Sorry, hey. Ethan, no. Have... Daniel, no. Belle, no. no. Yeah, I was like, uh, <laughs> Nova, no. Julia, no. Claire, um, who no. Else? Shaz, no. Claire, no. Sage, no. Uh, <laughs> Noah, Jay, no. no. Jess, no. <laughs> All the room calves, basically. No, no, they're all blacklisted. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, all of our friends are blacklisted on the podcast. It would honestly, <laughs> if we were having all the people who haven't bullied me on the podcast, it would only be me. And even then, I probably wouldn't be on the podcast. But <laughs> anyways, I think the verdict on Darth Vader 25 is eh. it's a comic. It's so a comic. <laughs> it's a comic. Indeed. <laughs> it's a comic. So, moving on to Han Solo and Chewbacca, uh, Mark Guggenheim, uh, he's doing a good job with this run, I feel like. Uh, we I, get Han. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I rescind my statement that Han's dad is a dilf. That's my takeaway from this comic. Oh, I was, ju- I was actually just about to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of his looks, because of his actions. Ooh, what did he do again? I forget. He stole the fucking falcon. That's right. Sorry, I was, <laughs> I was very hey, sussed out. Like, I don't... Hey, what did he do? I, I forgot. Sorry. Oh, just like a huge thing. <laughs> just stealing <laughs> Han's pride and joy. Okay, because this issue is like very chewy focused because Han gets kidnapped by knocked out, <laughs> and so, so it's like. It's like Chewie going to rescue him, but obviously Han's dad is there as well because he's just with them now. Um, so <laughs> they go to the planet where they where Han is and Chewie parks the Falcon far away and Han's dad is kind of like out of it because he just got stunned. So he stays back with the ship and Chewie's like, yeah, fine, whatever. And then he goes to rescue Han, which he does. And then they're like trying to escape. They're being chased by all these people. And then the Falcon is just not there because it was stolen, likely by Han's dad. Or dad in quotes. Exactly. Um, there's one panel that both Liv and I have very much thought about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> you can check our tweets if you'd like to know which one it is. Uh, I Han Solo um I call me sorry uh but yeah this is a good issue I always like chewy stuff I feel the same way about Star Wars 23 which was also kind of chewy focused um again I also liked seeing Kersantan I am a Kersantan enjoyer I have been since last year don't let anyone tell you I'm a bandwagon. Oh my god! I was a, I was, I was a Kirstanton since I read Afra. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, again, I love how this artist draws Wookies. Yeah. I love them both. And Han's dad, or quote unquote dad, stealing the Falcon is very dirty, and I don't like that for him. So, do you have any thoughts on the issue, Ari? 
I actually am not keeping up with Han Solo and Chewbacca. Please don't hate me. <laughs> um, because if anything, I'm poor. I, I, you know, I will read it, but I'm probably just going to wait for it to all come out on Marvel Unlimited. Because actually, I, when it first got announced, I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, but hearing you guys talk about it, it does sound quite interesting. So I actually, I'm quite excited to read it. Um, so ask me again in like Issue six three is a big on, one. On, it's all on Marvel <laughs> Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not emotionally well enough to talk about issue three. <laughs> oh, issue three. <laughs> so I think the verdict on Han Solo and Chewbacca is it was good. It was thumbs good. up. Four thumbs up for me and Liv. Yes. And now <laughs> we get to the Joker. Star Wars 25. <laughs> <laughs> My ah! 25 copies. <laughs> I am thriving oh. right now with all of these. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I I have done so well in convincing you to come over to the dark side. Insane behavior. Oh my god. Yeah. What am I gonna do? Bit. Why? Why? You're gonna send them all to me, and I can put them in the pile. <laughs> You do not need any more comics. Hey. <laughs> yes, I do. No, send them to me. I don't get variants. He gets yeah. variants. Oh, you I want don't. variants? Yes. I got yeah, you. Be, be nice to live. <laughs> do you want baby Anakin? Do you want... Oh, I guess you have the normal one. This cover is cool. What else do we have? We have the Luke Skywalker cover. I had that pulled, but they didn't have that sad my personal favorite is this one where it's like split between it's oh like they had that one vader. yeah it's like vader versus oh. obi-wan and then anakin versus obi-wan so cool. this is my favorite cool. oh well obviously obviously the one with all the characters is my favorite yeah. variant however of course <laughs> my my favorite so normal true. variant is the split one <laughs> anyway and then you forgot someone <laughs> what oh my gosh my bad where is it i swear it's here i also don't have the pride ones yet because the pride variant got delayed that's so, homophobic which is super it did? awkward because like how are they gonna sell the where are my poe ones how are they gonna like yeah the pride one's not coming out till next week and i'm like no one's gonna buy it now because everyone will have already bought well i mean some people might it's cool it's the um it's the blinking you'll miss it uh lesbian couple from the rise of skywalker so it is cool but <laughs> here's the poe course i realize nobody can see these she'll be like let me pull it up on my phone to show you and i was like hey they will not be able to see <laughs> <laughs> they could in fact not see anyway we can provide from all the guides covers. later <laughs> it's a great issue so yeah, a little bit, I gave a little bit of background last week on this celebration issue, but basically Charles Soule, who I'm sure many of you guys are aware of, if you are A, listeners to the pod, and two, our fans are, are fans of the High Republic, but basically Charles Soule has been a major story architect for the new Star Wars canon. Uh, his first project with Star Wars was in 2016 with the Lando miniseries. Someone else did the Double or Nothing miniseries, but the very first Lando series is the, very, is the first thing he did. I actually confirmed that. 
Uh, and from there, he's written the the biggest thing I think he's written besides the the crossovers in Star Wars 2020 is Darth Vader 2017, which elements of it were present in Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show that we all watched and we all had opinions on. Um, <laughs> and basically, he's also had the pleasure of writing Obi-Wan Kenobi. The, the character, of course, uh, Anakin Skywalker, as well as Leia, um, Lando. I think he's also written a little bit of Hawk. I can't remember exactly, but all of his miniseries are great. All of his series are great. Please, please read his stuff. He is also an amazing person mm-hmm. and he was so nice at Celebration. He signed all 12 of my comics. <laughs> <laughs> shout out shout out to him and Tommy who had to unbag and rebag them all. Um, but basically he wrote a, a celebration issue of all of the stories that he either wanted to tell, didn't get to tell or um or thought of after the the issue or the series came out. So this is for his 100th issue, and he took the four titles that he was most um, heavily involved with, which were Obi-Wan and Anakin, which is that miniseries from 2016 with Marco Cicchetto illustrating, uh, the Darth Vader series, which I've spoken about before, Darth Vader 2017. Uh, he also wrote the Rise of Kylo Ren miniseries, which introduced Ren, my everything. <laughs> and then, of course... <laughs> Of course, my Joker and the series that I've already talked about on this podcast today, Poe Dameron. So we can start off first with the Obi-Wan and Anakin miniseries. Uh, This issue was awesome, or this story was awesome because it gave us fucking swingy lightsabers on the like, on the strings. (laughs) Don't know what was going on there, but that was sick. And I did. So true. And I liked this description of the Jedi's lightsaber, and I, it was a good story. And then we have the Darth Vader story, which is Palpatine and Vader dueling, and it's basically just them duking it out. And I think that's the lightsaber that he got from that guy on that one planet, the one that took the barrage bow, which is almost like a way seeker for the High Republic enjoyers. Um, that one was pretty good also. I don't have any opinions on it. I I liked it. I don't know about you guys. What do you guys think? I just like that the the two, the Obi-Wan and Anakin and the Vader and Palpatine fights were back to back. We're back to back. Yes. I think it yes. really kind of worked together. Really well. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially like in the context the of the stories. Lesson. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then moving on, we have the Rise of Kylo Ren story, or just Kylo Ren story, um, where we get a little bit of, we get a cameo of Osis, Osis, I don't know, from the from Shadow of the Sith, which we talked about last week. Uh, and it's basically Kylo Ren telling Hux to blow the planet up because he didn't want any reminder of what happened there. Uh, which stands for itself, I think. But I think Kylo Ren not being able to watch the destruction of it and kind of turning away while they blew it up was, I think, something. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think about that one? 
I like that one. Um, I got confused. I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he went to blow up the Elfrona outpost, which is why I thought he was a loading great storm hater. Honestly? For my brain work. (laughs) I can't read comics. I get confused when I read comics. I'm going to be totally honest. And I like have to reread things often because I get confused about what's happening. And they mentioned Elfrona and I was like, oh, he's blowing that one up right now. So awkward um I guess he's not quite honestly but (laughs) oh crap I was really devastated I I was like how could they how could they blow up Elfrona but um I'm glad it was Osis or whatever instead so I'm happy okay and it's out of my burn book (laughs) (laughs) I will hold on one second I had to plug my laptop in again but I will admit that I guess they couldn't definitively say that it was Osis because Shadow of the Sith hadn't been released yet and that hadn't been confirmed slash recanadized yet so that might have been a little confusing it was confusing to me and I totally get where you're coming from uh Thank and you for validating me my I got you bestie I got you bestie <laughs> and then finally we have the Joker story <laughs> the Bo Dameron story so First another piece of media post rise of skywalker exactly what i was gonna say so we have i I, i'm not even gonna look at the pages because i'm gonna cry (laughs) again (laughs) i was in the i was in the trenches yesterday if you know you know (laughs) (laughs) but basically it snaps eulogy after the battle of exegol back on agent claus uh you guys know me i love black squadron I love Snap. I love Jess. I love Karay. I love Sora Linda. And seeing them together after what? Almost four years of not seeing them. Like we haven't seen Jess Papa wasn't in Rise of Skywalker. Karay Khan was not in Rise of Skywalker. Sora Linda Java was not in Rise of Skywalker. And the only person who was in Rise of Skywalker was Snap and he got fucking blown up. But <laughs> the <laughs> The very last panel is, um, well, the last two panels are Poe saying, here's to Snap Wexley, here's to Black Squadron, here's to the, here's to all the stories we told and the stories yet to come, which is also a kind of meta thing because it's Charles thanking everyone for his support on his stories. And one more thing about this is that the art is by Phil Noto, who I have gone into detail about loving and how much I love his stuff. It's, I love this issue so much. So now, what did you guys think of the issue? I liked it. I am not (laughs) as invested in Poe Dameron and the Black Squadron as you are, but I enjoyed it. Is anyone that invested in it? (laughs) No. So true, me. I'm just like me for real. <laughs> you are. <laughs> and then I also got a Phil Noto variant of Black Squadron, which that was released at Celebration. When I was with everyone in the comics panel, I became a different person. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, but verdict overall of this week's comic issues was thumbs up. Thumbs very good up. yeah, yeah. Six, thumb- 
eight thumbs up for us eight thumbs up (laughs) (laughs) so emily what are you reading today or this week um i finished my historical romance it was good um i'm definitely going to continue on with that series thank you to everyone in the comments of my bridgerton video who recommended i check out tessa dare I very much like her so far. Um, And currently I am reading a book called Love, Hate, and Clickbait, which is a contemporary adult romance about these two guys who are working on a political campaign and this uh their like candidate makes kind of a comment about gay people so they start to like fake date to kind of save the campaign. I will admit, I put it in my cart because I saw somebody talking about it on the For You page and they pitched it as West Wing fan fiction meets red, white, and royal blue. And I said, I love both of those things. It's a purchase. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really embarrassing, but it's good so far. Uh, I'm enjoying it. And I think it, I think it is almost time for a rebel rising reread I think after this so uh next week I might be like particularly annoying as just a warning for y'all <laughs> <laughs> um Ari are you reading any books that you would like to share I I it took me 18 years to read Shadow of the Sith um <laughs> <laughs> as as Liv said on your last podcast I think it's because I'm used to reading young adult novels and it was a adulty adult novel yeah. um, <laughs> so true but I am now I just started um Padawan because I got the arc for that which is very exciting yeah we recorded a podcast for it this weekend because I want to release one as soon as it comes out but I need to actually read it <laughs> but so far so good um Qui-Gon showed up in the first chapter so obviously uh, anything else that happens from here on out I'm already satisfied <laughs> um but yeah and then I think I might take a little break from Star Wars books just because I have a few like cool books that I've gotten out of that I've just like kept renewing for like six weeks that I do want to read um that have been recommended to me <laughs> um, but yeah that's that's it that's what's happening yay well Ari thank you yeah. so much for joining us this uh, week you were thank the perfect you. first guest to have on our honored guest <laughs> I'm honored so honored thank you for having me on yeah, and I feel like we're probably going to have you back uh, probably several times. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm um, always down. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date on the podcast. And uh, if you have any questions for us, feel free to send them through our email, which will be in the description or on Twitter or Instagram. We would love to answer any questions if you have them and we will see you next week. May the force be with you.